you just pull me all the way out. <laughs> no, I think I'm fine on there now. To the max. Push it to the limit. Isn't Rick Rose. <laughs> Push it to the limit. It's fucking South Park. <laughs> oh my god, that's been so fucking good. South Park? Yeah. I haven't seen the newest one, but... Uh, uh, it's it's the, about the Impossible Burgers and stuff. Impossible Whopper. Yeah. The, the last one I saw was The Shots. Oh, that one was funny. That was funny just because it was so silly. <laughs> yeah. <this laughs> like, he's like, he's, he's a been, perfect pig. Have you been watching the <laughs> South Park shit at all? I have not. So it's it's like uh, anti-vaxxers that they're going over, and uh, Cartman refuses to get a shot, so everybody in the town like gets together and they put him in this giant... like. Um, <laughs> like, a, like a rodeo? Yeah, it's like a big rodeo. Like a time? And he's like a greased pig. That, and all these doctors are trying to inject him uh, so that he can go to school. But he's like... <laughs> like, that's his defense mechanism. Even when he goes to the doctor for a shot, he immediately rips off all his clothes. And he already has his like body pre-buttered. And he's just like... And you find out that like... The only reason he refuses it is because every time they like take him and he'll his mom still lets him have a toy, after, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even though he doesn't do it. And then he's like, "Can I still get a toy, mom?" She's like, "No, you can't get a toy." So he goes and gets a shot so he can get another <laughs> toy. Mexican Joker is so fucking funny, though. Oh yeah, the Mexican Joker. Yeah, the, <laughs> I, I think Joker. we're in the origin story, right? right <laughs> like you could be creating Mexican Joker. <laughs> Do you know Mexican Joker? What does he want? Uh, and speaking of Mexicans, we're all Mexican a little bit. And uh, we like uh, X-Men. And welcome to this Halloween edition of Mex-Men. Such a nice long intro. Nailed right. it. Rolling roll, roll right into it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we got a... Oh, today's going to be a little bit different like than what we normally do. Uh, it's not going to be as strict just towards X-Men. But there will still be plenty of X-Men stuff. Uh, our, our main story we're covering is uh, New Mutants Dead Souls. And then we got a couple uh, scary stories or Halloween-themed stuff to fit into the holidays. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, did, I feel like I did a lot of talking. Yeah, I you guys that. are giving me nothing. You did, but you left air in there. I thought you were you were on a roll. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, um, so this is a conversation-based yeah, anyway, so, uh, that's Tony. Yeah. I'm, I'm Devin. Je- I'm Justin. Right. Yeah. And we are the Mexmen. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like so you're taking stupid. it up from the top. And in this podcast, we cover X-Men. I can do it like a, uh, a random true crime podcast if you guys want. Oh, don't. In this issue of <laughs> X-Men, we are going to be going over um, Carnage, Mind Bomb, uh, a couple Stop of it. scary stories. Stop it. To... Chill your spine. Stop doing that. <laughs> you don't want to be basic. Uh... No. All right. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I don't want to like drop into that NPR tone of like conversational in- like information. Yeah, it's like how bored can you be while talking about murder? I can't listen to that stuff. It's like super boring. <laughs> yeah, have a little bit more inflection in your voice. Like I know they're trying to go for a serious tone, but I feel like you're just so numb to the possibility of like. A woman being brutally murdered that you you just sound bored by yourself. It doesn't uh, it doesn't seem like a conversational tone. It's like a lullaby or put me to sleep tone, like a oh, bedtime yeah. story. Even le- worse than a bedtime story. Yeah, today on this issue of Mex Men, we are going to be discussing. Speaking of numb to women, Richter. <laughs> <laughs> he, he had a lot to do. 
Um, and not, not with women. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't wearing that leather jacket that you hate. I know, right? Wearing Which the green is turtle crazy because he's like, like he got he has it on like right afterwards. Um, so are we covering our individual stuff first, then going into Dead Souls? Yeah, that sounds about right. All right, cool. Do you want to get the stuff that's not X Men out of the way? <laughs> no, I don't want to do all of my stuff right away. All right, well, I did. There was another. Uh, I did find a horror X Men book. Did you? Yeah. See, a part of uh, uh, which I want to point out too. When I pitched this right away, I was like, it doesn't have to all be X Men. Yeah. Then, right. No, no, no. But I, this is the scariest X Men book. <laughs> I know, but you seem real upset about that. Like later. Well, whatever. <laughs> but, uh, alright, um... I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. It's called Extraordinary X-Men. Is it terrifying about how bad it is? Yeah. Alright. <laughs> yeah. So you gonna read that right now? Uh, it, it was, uh... It's crazy. Nightcrawler was weird. Just weird. You're telling me. Colossus you're, forgot. You're telling me. Forgot, Col- that- for- Colossus forgot who he was. You're telling me that uh, a like his entire personality. Like you're telling me that an overly flexible blue elf uh, that teleports is strange. Who's also kind of demonic? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I don't believe it. But you know, yeah. We should have covered that Emma Frost image from New Mutants. That would have been scary. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not New Mutants, New X Men. Yeah, that is uh, that is the most terrifying thing. No, I'm sorry. I, 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 I mixed it up. Horrible. 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 Yeah. Uh, most horrible. Yeah. You're like when Kel to, uh, called, uh, told. Uh, uh, Toast stories instead of ghost stories. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, so, yeah, no, seriously, fuck that book. <laughs> so, uh, I, I guess we can bookend this by some X-Men stuff. Uh, so would you... Either of you like to start off with some X-Men stories? Wait, did you really reread Extraordinary X-Men? Fuck no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> fuck no. Uh, but anyway, a date with the devil. A date with the devil. <laughs> You're gonna start out with the creepypasta? Or not the creepypasta, but the fanfic? No. Or was that not the... No. This is this is the uh, the New Mutants story. Oh right, yeah, back go, in like 2012. Then go ahead, sir. Uh, so the New Mutants, uh, just as a, a backstory to how this even happens, the New Mutants get stuck in hell, and they make a deal with Mephisto that he would let them out of hell if Magma would go on a date with them. So this is that story. Did he suggest that, or did they suggest that without Magma's? Like, uh, it was offered, and he jumped on. He's like, "Yeah, that." <laughs> and then he's like, "All right, I guess I gotta." I just want to know, like, did she offer it, or was it like Bobby? Like, yo, you can date Magma if you let us out of here. I feel like it's like, um, uh, what's that story? Uh, you remember that two-part uh, Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez uh, movies that they did? Um, Grindhouse, uh, Death Race, and Grindhouse. Yeah. I feel like in Death Race, where their friends like passed out drunk. And they're like, hey, like, if you let us borrow your car, our friend will hang out with you. And he's like, oh, yeah? And they're like, yeah, she really likes you. And you look over and she's like, pass the fuck out. <laughs> and they just leave her ass there for the car. Isn't that the movie where the one chick's got her leg kind of out the window and then they get in a crash and it gets ripped off because of course it does? I think so. I, I always thought it was so creepy. Like, it was scarred my brain. Uh, I, I know Rosario Dawson's in it. Yeah. Sounds better. Never yeah, seen it. She's great in everything. Yeah, usually. Yeah. I I mean, Percy Jackson wasn't great, but she was hot in it. Yeah. Um. So. All right. <laughs> in uh, New Mutants. Uh. Yeah. So. 
it starts with uh, everyone like, are you sure you don't got to do this? Like talking to uh, Amara, right? What's her name? Magma? Yeah. yeah. Amara. Aquila. And, huh? I think it is Amara Aquila. Yeah. Sure it is. Sure it is. Continue. It's not like Vanderslausen. <laughs> Vanderschmidt. <laughs> something, something German as fuck. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> she's getting ready for the date, and everyone's like, "This is crazy. You don't got to do this. Why are you doing this? You know." And like, you got to watch out. Can't agree to anything. He's gonna constantly be trying to steal your soul and all this stuff. And there's like a conversation between uh, Sunspot and Nate because Nate's on the team during that time. Gray, he's not all crazy. Yes, before uh, he Jesus out. Yeah. I don't think he used to be crazy because he had a whole running series where he was a good guy. Yeah. X-Man. Uh, anyway, he's all like, it's fucked up, man. She's going on a date with the devil. And Nate's like, are you sure Like, you're not just jealous because she's going on a date with someone who's not you? And he's like, it's the fucking devil, man. <laughs> it's the embodiment of all evil. <laughs> so, uh, again, was this Mephisto? Yeah. Or, all right. Because yeah. there are like ten Marvel devils. Yeah, but he's he's pretty clear that he's the devil. Yeah. Because the book, so because uh, one of the one of the things I read for this was Doctor Strange Damnation, uh-huh. and there is a line that Mephisto has in that of him saying he's like, "I can't let these souls go." Um, Beelzebub still gives me shit for uh, how he got Hitler and I didn't. Right, like they're like trading or whatever, like yeah. And they just introduced a new devil. Collecting game or something. Uh, they just introduced a new devil a couple like a year ago or something with the <laughs> one below all. Well, basically what happens, he shows up, uh, and of course he's got like a red Lamborghini up front. That's what the devil drives? Yeah. Um, and are the, uh, no, it's, I, I was going to ask really you annoying the, YouTube guy. the seats are made of satin. But. Lamborghini. Oh, fuck that guy. I know. <laughs> books and Lamborghinis and mansions and books and knowledge. Uh, I, don't, I don't remember that guy's name. He's, I know who you're doing an impression of, but you sound like Caesar Milan. <laughs> Doesn't he kind of sound like Caesar Milan? Anyway, uh, he shows up all douched out, and she's like, God, fuck, I gotta date the devil, and also he's a douche. They, they go to hell in this fancy restaurant in hell. <laughs> I, I love I love the idea of somebody trying to go out on a date with the devil, and the worst thing that ha- it ha- is happening is he keeps on trying to make you give him a hand job. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all these kind of weird like bats. really obviously too yeah <laughs> you know it's one of those things because you gotta it's like don't accept anything from the devil he's uh-huh. like yo you want me to buy you a drink oh <laughs> <laughs> uh no yeah you end up getting stuck having to get my hand job <laughs> yeah, like, like, you can't even, like you can't even open the door for you like, no no yeah, right. He's like, fuck, she won't take anything. Or, or like, they go to the movies, and he tries that popcorn trick with the hole in the bottom. He's like, what's a popcorn? You can't do it. You can't do it. His dick's going to be anywhere yeah, you can't, and everywhere. Yeah. You can't. But anyway, uh, so they're in this super fancy, creepy restaurant, and he's talking about how he's going to have, like, actual volcanoes come and erupt for them. For the dinner, and they got a band that's all famous people, and it's like obviously like fucking Beethoven, like on the piano, uh, which she calls a keyboard, which I thought was really weird because it was like obviously like a grand piano thing. But 
Yeah, it's it's a weird thing that almost in every interpretation of like hell that they have, they always have like Beethoven there. Like right. there's no like afterlife where they're like, oh, he's in heaven. He's always in hell. Wasn't he gay? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't asked him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Not that I agree with it. Yeah, maybe they have some pretty stringent ideas. We at Max Men do not (laughs) believe that uh, just because you are gay, you go to hell. That is not true. Devin does. (laughs) 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 He does not speak for all of us. (laughs) Anyway, so he's you know he's just constant bragging uh, and showing off uh, in like only the ways the devil can, I guess. And she, like, flips out and is like, all right, I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't keep watching all my words and what have you, because I don't know what you're going to try to take my soul or how or whatever. Uh, Which is fucked up, because it was like, this was the one thing you had to do to save all your friends, and now you're kind of damning them all by going like, all right, never mind, date's off. (laughs) And then... Just in case you accidentally damn only yourself. Yeah. But then he's like, but no, <laughs> I really wanted a date. He wants a hand job. <laughs> and she's like, wait, what? And he's like, I know, I like, legitimately want a date with you because like, you don't understand how stressful being the devil is. And you know, they take that uh, angle where it's like, he's just a guy with a job. It's like Modoc. And he's good at the job, but Modoc. he wants to be a person. Mojo. 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 Yeah, kind of. Whereas, like, yeah, he's the embodiment of all things evil and one side of the, the scale of, you know, existence of, like, what you could be, good or bad. And uh, he's like, but he was created to have human emotions, and that's why he does his job well, because he can empathize and he knows what makes people tick, but that makes him then want to actually have, I guess, feelings, yeah, Sometimes you just want an old-fashioned... Yeah, just want to be a person. <laughs> but she just has to, like, what are the stipulations? Sometimes just want a handjob. <laughs> but she just has to go on the date, right? Yeah. Like, oh, man, this crab really hurt my stomach. Gotta go. Yeah. Date yeah. done. Pretty much. Well, I feel like the, because he's he's Satan, it's written somewhere in the contract that she has to put out. <laughs> like, but that's not what happens. He so, seems like that kind of douche. So what what does happen is she ends up feeling sorry for him and goes, okay, get the car, and then they leave the hell landscape they were in, and they go to just like some random uh, restaurant where they're having like tacos and shit, and they're talking about stuff and what they're passionate about, and obviously he's the devil, so he's passionate about some fucked up shit, but he goes on about like how he's actually getting into charities and... Uh, 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 like disaster relief and and trying to uh, increase life expectancy and the quality of life because it turns out that when natural disasters happen, it kills a lot of young people and they get like a straight ticket to heaven. So yeah, they don't get them, a chance to yeah, be assholes. Exactly. So he wants to extend their life as long as possible so that they can go to hell. And so she's sort of like, that's uh, great because like he does more good than like Red Cross and UNICEF, but uh, also like he's doing <laughs> yeah. it so he can steal their souls. Like, the whole time is, like, really obvious. Like, you're talking to the devil. All right. But it turns out they had a sweet time, and so she kisses him at the end of the night when he takes her home. And then, like, she goes back in the house, and uh, he he throws a rock at her window, and she goes a rock? to it. Yeah. Like a whole rock. Like, like not like, like a, a pebble. pebble. Like a pebble. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, like pebbles. Like, so he throws Dwayne Johnson through the window. <laughs> <laughs> so he does that. And she goes to the window, and he's like, can I, can I see you again? Can I call you? And she's like, I don't know, can you? 
And it's like, the end of it is like, man, she's so hot. May, <laughs> may I call you? Yeah, right. <laughs> and like, that's the end of it. Yeah, so it's sort of like, he's a douche, but not really. Just sort of a, a, a nerdy, love-struck devil at heart. <laughs> he's a horny devil. <laughs> no, apparently he really valued her virtue. That's bullshit. Yeah, that's what they all say. I know. And like, it's so weird for Mephisto to act the way he did in that book. Like, yeah, he's always just it's kind a, of a like silly book. a sleazy douche. But yeah, uh, he's not somebody. Uh, he he ruined Spider Man's life so, in the worst Spider Man book ever. He's like what I imagine the worst version of Rob Lowe to be. <laughs> <laughs> that is a great description. <laughs> of... <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. All right, uh, so I guess I'll uh, I'll go on with uh, Crypt of Shadows. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna do mine back to back since they're like connected. All right, uh, so yeah, this is um this isn't really superhero related book, but it's still published by Marvel, uh, written by Al Ewing. Uh, so it's it's more just like a straight up uh, horror story, um, but it starts off with a uh, psychiatrist who's sitting down with Mister Radley. Mister Radley's our main character. And uh, he has uh, xenophobia, which is the fear of dogs. And he uh, is sitting down with her, explaining over like the stories of like why he's afraid of dogs. Uh, so she asked him, like, "Well, tell me why, uh, how you became to be afraid of dogs in the first place." So he tells her the story that's like haunted him, of this uh, guy who like he breaks into a cemetery late at night. And he uh, he used to be a success, but he he's kind of like a sleazy guy. Uh, sold his like uh, used to develop like drugs and stuff, uh, and his uh, his cure uh, was like it didn't do anything to help anybody. Uh, he lost all his money in the investors, so he breaks into this graveyard, try to steal money from another investor that he had that uh, stole all the money that he had before, or like took all the money that he owed as payment and then died and was like buried with it. Oh, what a douche! Yeah, so he. Um, the guy has like this fucked up arm, uh, and he like he breaks in, props open the crypt door with the crowbar, uh, because it's it's weighted, so mm-hmm. it swings shut and lock him in there. And he goes in, opens up, uh, sees like all the jewels buried with the body, and uh, but he starts like hear these noises, and it turns out this person had their dog sedated, and put in the crypt with her, and so as he's doing that. The dog, like, jumps out, attacks him, bites him on the arm, and then runs out the door, hits over the crowbar, and locks him in the crypt. And um, so the guy's saying, like, yeah, nobody ever found him. He's still stuck there to this day, uh, screaming, trying to get out of the crypt. Would it be dead? Well, the psychiatrist uh, tells him, he's like, well, I thought you were telling me a real story. He's like, this is a real story. This is a real thing that happened. She's like, then how do you know? Because nobody ever heard of this guy again. How is he still there and you've heard of it? And he's like, I don't know. I swear to God that this is real, though. Like, it feels real to me. She's like, well, um, you said you uh, you said earlier that you had some issues going on with you and your wife. Uh, you want to explain to me what's going on between you and her. So he tells her about uh, he had he had this um, he had his wife and his wife and him couldn't have children. So she adopts this dog. That is, like, she gives all of her attention towards this dog and, uh, like, buys the most expensive steaks. And um, he works as a scientist. 
mm-hmm. and he's trying to uh, develop something that's going to help everybody out, and it just ends up turning people insane. And he has these rats that, like, one starts to eat the other as soon as it takes this drug because it corrupts its mind. Mm-hmm. And they don't have any money left. And um, so they're going to shut down everything. So he has to talk to his wife because she's his wife is rich. But uh, he technically is not rich. It's just all her money. Uh, so he asks her. she's spending on steaks. Yeah, for the dog. For the dog. And he asks her um, if he could get some money for an investment so that he can keep on working on this. And she tells him, like, yeah, I'll give you some money. She gives him $1,000. So he uh, he's pretty pissed off about this. He's like, that's all you're going to give me? Like, we have, like, a lot of employees we got to put to work. Like, $1,000 isn't going to do anything, but you're spending all the money on this dog. And she's like, well, that's all I'm giving you, whatever. Uh, so he gets, like, pissed off. He takes that um, the medicine that he's been working on, and he puts it in the dog's food. Mm-hmm. And he, because uh, he wants the dog, to, like he wants not only for her, uh, for the dog to die, but for her to be so terrified of dogs that uh, she she doesn't get a new one and yeah. does it over again. So he uh, puts it in the dog's food uh, as she's like cooking it up, and uh, he waits, and it's been like an hour, and he's like, "What the hell? She hasn't come out with the food yet. Like, she should be feeding this dog." So he goes into the kitchen, and she is like eating the food. And she's like, oh, honey, you didn't know. I always taste this food before I give it to him. And then she, like, attacks him and starts stabbing him to death. And uh, he, like, the do- uh, goes back to the psychiatrist and the man. And she's like, you're telling me another fake story? And he's like, no, this is real. I swear to God that this happened. And he's like, then how are you here telling me this? If she killed you, how are you there? He's like, I don't know, I, but she killed me. I know that she killed me. She's like, no, I think you're lying. She didn't stab you in the chest. She stabbed you in the arm. That's why your arm doesn't work anymore. And then he looks, and his arm is just, like, withered mm-hmm. and sitting there. And um, the big twist of the book is that the psychiatrist is his wife, and she was buried in the tomb at the beginning, That the, the guy who lost everything. Yeah. He goes to break into that tomb. And it's actually his wife who was buried with the dog, uh, with the, uh, but it turns out to be multiple dogs. And uh, they're stuck in the crypt with him, and he's still in the crypt uh, talking to the psychiatrist. So all the dogs come out, and they eat him. Oh. And then that's where the book ended. Creepy. Yeah. Real creepy. Yeah. So wait, his wife wasn't actually dead? No, his wife is dead. So it's like all but in she his was, mind. The wife was this, the psychiatrist, so was it psychosomatic? Was it in his brain? Uh, it was like uh, like spirits taking over his mind. He was stuck in the crypt from when he broke in there as the homeless guy. So he was talking about himself thinking he was talking about Yeah, all the, all the previous stories were stories of him, but yeah. he didn't remember them as stories of him. And they were out of order. Yeah, and the reason he's afraid of dogs is because he's trapped in a room with dogs right now. Yeah. Uh, and she... Has all the dogs come out, and because she was buried with all of her dogs, but it wasn't one dog; it was like a bunch of them that come out and eat them. So they just waited for him to tell a story before they ate him. Yeah, well, she wanted to torture him, like in his brain, before he realized where he actually was. But you said she's dead. She's dead, but it's her, like her. It's like a, her ghost. Yeah, it's like a spirit because oh, yeah. that's like know, haunting him. Spooky. Yeah, that happens. Yeah, have it's Halloween, man. Yeah, of course. All right, but yeah, that was Crypt of Shadows. More like cryptid dogs, but yeah. Yeah, pretty much. It was very dog dog. Cryptid dogs. You're gonna go with cryptid dogs over dogs of shadows. <laughs> <Dogs> <laughs> of shadows. 
Well, I mean, it's a crypt full of dogs. Yeah. I know they're in shadows. can't really be a crypt full of shadows. It's just darkness. You gotta have light for there to be shadows. If there's one light in the middle, technically, it's surrounded by dogs in the shadows. But I guess you do need light. Uh, I think it was candle lit, so... Oh, that candle's going out. No, there wasn't one candle. It was candle lit. <laughs> I feel like uh, the the first line you started off with was funny, because you said, uh, like, why are you afraid of dogs? It's like, they bite. End. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> they the, shit on my rug. Yeah, it's not like that hard to tell. Dogs bite. I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> Just good. Everything bites. Yeah, but not like a dog. Not specifically like a dog, but there's things that bite like a Speaking dog. Speaking of things that bite, and he's going to get into a story about Dracula, so that too. Oh, yeah. You know what's really irritating is that fucking Red Bull commercial that I keep seeing. It makes no sense. The, where the Dracula bites the girl and then, like, gets fried by the sun the next day. And it's like, you know, sometimes Red Bull doesn't give you wings. Makes me real mad. <laughs> you sound, you sound <laughs> angry. It makes me real mad. What do they put women in this commercial? Is that why you're so angry? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> um, so, uh, do you want to go over your uh, your creepy pasta then, or do you want to do your uh, two stories? I think we should do the creepy pasta. Well, yeah, I'll well, go over my two. It's a fan fiction, man. Sorry. It, is it uh, is it scary? I don't know. We're, <laughs> We're about to find out. Is it supposed we? to be scary? I guess. Uh, is it about other properties? Yep. Then it's also a creepypasta. Sure. Wait, which one were we doing? The 3,000 word one? The, the, one, the last eight. Uh, American Mutant Story? The 1,000 word yeah. one. Because <laughs> what was, I felt like the description of that 1,000 word one sounded like it was ass, though. Yeah. Yeah, they're probably all ass. I don't know, man. The 3,000 word one sounded actually good. All right. Let's do the 3,000 word one, and if it goes on... Uh, Three thousand words is, jeez, man, you've been swinging big meat all day. <laughs> she dropped it right. My bad. <laughs> Put it right I, on the table. I try to intimidate us. Uh, sorry, I, I'm making a point here. <laughs> but five, you can, if you pet it, you can read your three thousand word story. I'm trying to pull out your creepy pasta, bro. Put that noodle away. Pet it. No thanks. Pet it. <laughs> all right. Am I reading this? Or are you going over? I, I'll go. I'll go. All right. All right. So I'm going over. Uncanny X-Men 159, as well as the X-Men vs. Dracula. So in 159, it starts off with them visiting Misty Knight. She's not there, so who knows what this had to do with the story. <laughs> so they fucking go. <laughs> well, that didn't even need to be in there, but I guess that, can, that continued from the, the book before. So they go there, and they're also... She lives by Kitty's parents, so that's why they're stopping by. They're going to visit Misty Knight while Kitty goes and sees her parents. So she asks Storm to come with her. They borrow some clothes from Misty's... Uh, roommate, so like I don't know why they didn't bring their own fucking clothes because they knew what they were doing, but I guess they didn't have any. Get naked. Yeah. Get get naked. So they go there. Kitty's visiting her parents, but Storm leaves early because Kitty's been there like all day and then till the next day. So when Storm leaves, she ends up getting attacked in an alley. It doesn't show it. They just Kitty calls and it's like, oh, when did Storm show up? And they're like, oh, she never showed up. We thought she was still with you. And it cuts to her in an alley. She's been bit by a vampire. Or, you know, she's got fang marks. Who else would do that? Dogs. Maybe, I'm about to say, maybe a dog. <laughs> yeah, maybe it was a dog. Maybe, do dogs remind you of vampires? Is that why you're afraid of them? That's really why those canine teeth. I'm out. So, yeah, but they end up, uh, she goes, get shipped to a, not shipped. Put in a box, shipped to the hospital, Amazon Prime, two-day delivery. To it's the one hospital. day now. Is it? Yeah, so, so Shadow Cat doesn't die. No, it was Storm. Maybe 12 storm. hours, considering they're going to build a warehouse. 
It all depends I, on how much you yeah. want to pay him. Well, I guess. True. <laughs> it doesn't matter if, the, if it's right down there. They will deliver it when they want. <laughs> Storm's a prime member, so she was there in a GIF. <laughs> so she shows up at the hospital, and they treat her, and they start fi- figuring out, like, I guess mutants have different blood types. It's not just the standard blood type. So they start figuring out something's weird, and Storm's like, yo, I'm out of here. Don't want to get caught. They called the X-Men because I guess the X-Men are on her emergency card. So they called the X-Men. They showed up there and take Storm back to the house, and she's doing real shitty for days. Starts feeling the night calling to her. and That's kind of weird, actually, when you think about it. Aren't the X-Men during this time supposed to be like a clandestine group? Yeah, that's why they... <laughs> and they're on their emergency card? <laughs> their emergency contact? Well, I don't think it was X-Men. It was like, these are her friends, you know. But that's why, as okay. soon as they started realizing that they might find out she's a mutant, they were like, you know, we gotta go. Okay. So they left, and Kitty comes back home and sees Storm, and Storm's like, doing real bad in the bed and stuff, and Kitty walks in there. First thing she does, open the blinds. It burns Storm. Sorry, I was just thinking, like, can you imagine... Jay-Z has a heart attack, right? And then, like, in his wallet, it's like, if in emergency, call Illuminati. (laughs) (laughs) That would be great. (laughs) Although, they would already know. Like, who's the number? See, I went totally different, because, you know, they called Storm's friends. It's like, oh, just take it back to, like, early 2000s. Like, in emergency, call Memphis Bleak and Beanie Siegel. All of uh, the rock. La Familia coming in here. (laughs) So... Kitty goes in there and opens up the blinds. It burns Storm and then goes to give uh, Storm a hug. And the Star of David, like, freaks Storm out. So then she starts putting two and two together. I don't know how she... racist. Oh, yeah. What does the Star of David have to do with vampires? Because it's a religious thing, like the cross. Oh, okay. They get into it. The cross... So, I'll get into that. any religious thing? Not just crucifixes? Okay. As long as you believe. So... (laughs) (laughs) Kitty put this together so quick, she was like, no son, doesn't like my Star of David, this bitch is a vampire, which <laughs> she leaves. That's always think about what I think about my goth friends. Yeah, you know, oh, the sun. Like, you know, neo-Nazis, they also don't like the sun or, <laughs> or the Star, Star of David. David. They really don't like that. <laughs> well, actually, Storm was a uh, bitch to her, too, because Kitty was trying to, like, come on, Storm, you know, feel better, and Storm was like, I said no. Shoved her. Kitty runs out crying. Comes back with the cross. I don't like hummus. <laughs> Came back with the cross and some weird ass Indiana Jones hat. I don't know why she thought that was necessary. <laughs> she left without a hat. Came back the, with the hat. I'm picturing the cross as a whip handle. <laughs> <laughs> but the cross didn't work because she doesn't believe. Dracula was there when she showed up. It was Dracula and Storm. And Dracula told her, yo, that cross doesn't work. You don't believe. I, I just got a great idea for a character who uh, is a vampire hunter but fully Jewish, and uses the Star of David as throwing stars. Oh, oh man. Yeah. That'd be I, nice. My brain got there as you were saying it. Yep. Yeah. That'd yep. be good. Katie would be good because she was, like, a ninja trained, right? Like Blade? Like how Blade had those fucking spinny blades? Yes. Yeah, but Star of David. <laughs> He's <laughs> like, they, I got them because of my name. <laughs> so Kitty tells the X-Men what she thinks going on, and they go searching for her. They end up finding Dracula, or really, Dracula finds them when they're on the search. And apparently Dracula can call rats and dogs. Here come the dogs again. Yep. <laughs> so Dracula has all these powers. This is why you're knew afraid he had. Turns yeah, out. Exactly. Dracula let the dogs out. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. This whole time. You're a fucking hack. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that Dracula, Dracula's shooting lightning too. Or like calling it from the sky. I'm like, Jesus, this guy has it all. Is it because he controls Storm? No. That's what I thought, too. I was waiting for them to reveal that it was Storm, but no, she had nothing to do with it. He just apparently... <laughs> he just can do... 
do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. And he was whooping the shit out of Colossus. So he's stronger than Colossus, calls lightning, calls bats and dogs. Dude, just feeding the whole town. So <laughs> Kitty convinces Storm to help them, even though she's like, a you know, a vampire. She does that common thing in movies where it's like, I'm going to drop my weapon. I'm not going to fight you. Kill me if you must. Follow that. Yeah. So Storm turns, attacks Dracula. Dracula finds it. Uh, normally, if Dracula bites somebody, he can control them just by telling you, like, bitch, do what I want. Mm-hmm. Did not work for Storm. He found her will was too strong. So instead of turning her again or biting her a second time, he was just like, all right, then. Well, I'm attracted to you. I'll come back. I like I like the idea, though, that uh, they think it's because her will's too strong. It just turns out she eats a lot of garlic. <laughs> High garlic diet. Yeah. Always. But, yeah, I like that end, but it was kind of weird. I mean, I liked it, but it was still cheesy because he just gave up. But I guess he wanted her as his wife and liked that her will was that strong. Because she was like, I defy you. He's like, okay, I'll see you again. And then just dipped. Are all, uh, are all X-Men okay. horror stories uh, like one younger woman who ha- and a dark figure that's trying to fuck them? <laughs> because both of you guys did the same story with different characters. Probably. Kind of. Kind of. I mean... It started with Xavier and Jean. Yeah. That was the first X-Men horror story. Yeah. The issue number one. A child army with a, with an old paraplegic man trying to fuck a, a 15-year-old girl. Yeah, Professor Coney. Yep. All right, so X-Men vs. Dracula. This happens like 10 years later. But So Dracula shows up. It starts with him showing up at Rachel Van Helsing's house. Randomly. And uh, turns her into a vampire. So she's what pertinent. What a twist. Yeah, she's pertinent to the story. So Kitty's pissed about her parents divorcing. Stop staring at me. <laughs> eye contact. So heavy. I, I get it. You, I'm not shovel. <laughs> Kitty is pissed about her parents divorcing, and she's acting real childish for being like 15 years old. She's like banging on the... Actually, I guess she's 13, but she's banging on the walls. Should be 23 if it was 10 years later. <laughs> should be. I think... <laughs> Did you mean like 10 years later in comic sense or the book came out 10 years comic later? Comic sense. Like it was 80, 80s when uh, Uncanny X-Men 159 came out. And 93 when X-Men vs. Dracula came out. So Kitty's real mad that her parents would divorce and uh, not, I guess, consult her before they did it. So she's all pissed off going to bed crying and she acts like a bitch to Storm who was just trying to consult her in her time of need. Goes to bed, wakes up, and realizes that she was a bitch, and she's going to go to apologize to Storm. But Storm shows up in her room, and is a vampire, bites her. Again. Yeah. Out of nowhere. Bites everybody. But then you you realize it was a, it was a dream. It was Storm's dream that Dr- Dracula's calling her. But it was really good artwork, actually, because on the left there's a panel of, uh, and I'll post this on the Facebook group, but on the left it's a, the same panel of Storm, but it's going through multiple colors, and on the right it shows her showing up in each X-Man's room and just biting them while they're sleeping. That was pretty dope. So she goes and checks on, or she decides she's going to go talk to Dracula because she doesn't want to bring Dracula to the house. You know, she figures if he calls again, he's probably going to show up, so we don't want that. So she goes, and Kitty sees her flying off into the night, and she goes, oh, okay, she's going to see Dracula. You know, I'm going to tell everybody. I don't know how she fucking came to that realization. She's like, she's flying (laughs) off in the night, Dracula. She does in these two books that you've talked about. She makes giant logical leaps. Uh, that she just happens to be right about. Yeah, basically. So, like, acting like a bitch, doesn't like the sun, she's got to be a vampire. Illogical. <laughs> yes. I wasn't saying her thinking was logical, but... They made sense in the book, yeah. Or, yeah. you know, they came to make sense. 
So she goes. She's like, well, who's going to help me? I'm not going to get the Wait, X-Men. Didn't you just say she went around and like bit everybody in the rooms? No, it was in her dream. Oh, she okay. said Dracula's sending me a dream. It wasn't a coincidence. I need to go see Dracula. Oh. And so suddenly, like, Kitty just happened to have telepathy or some shit? Well, Kitty wakes up. It's got to be a vampire. And sees yeah. her flying out the window or whatever. Vampires. Yep. <laughs> As so, a bat? <laughs> no. That's a normal thing that Storm does is fly out a window. Oh, yeah, in the dream, the Dracula wasn't the dream, too. I didn't. Uh, Storm bites everybody, and then she flies off to meet Dracula in the dream. So then she wakes up. But yeah, so Kitty sees that, goes and gets Peter's help, because Peter's good against, uh, you know, vampires. He can't be bit. He's got that steel skin. He's got that heart on. Steel is strong against dark types? Yes. <laughs> All right. So... No. <laughs> but Kitty actually, it shows that he, uh, Kitty bites Peter. But it was poison. behind the door. Think about vampirism as a poison. There you go. So it was kind of a twist, because we don't know what's going on. Kitty goes, hey, Peter, you know, we got to go help Storm. I don't know what's up. And then she starts coming on to Peter, which is kind of weird. <laughs> Storm or Kitty? Kitty. Well, Storm's gone. that was always pretty. Normally, Peter comes on to you. Yeah, I mean, but it was, like, over the top. It wasn't the thing where it was, like, her little kid coming on to him. She, like, started feeling on him, and I'm like, what the hell's going on right now? And then it goes behind, like, you see from behind the door, and he starts screaming. So it sounds like she attacked him, or bit him. So she's a vampire somehow. We don't really know what's going on with that. We'll find out. Wait, that shit. Don't okay. worry. Kitty. Kitty's a vampire? Yeah. He goes. She goes to Peter like, will you help me find Storm? And comes on to him and then it goes behind the door and he starts screaming. So then Storm goes to Dracula's castle. She's, it's, she, doesn't even, she doesn't even knock on the door. Storm, bitch. Blew the fucking door off the hinges. Oh, wait. Ew, gross. She was 13. Yeah. She just like started feeling on him and he's like, whoa, wait, what are you doing? Wasn't that their entire relationship for, like, decades? Until she... No, not decades. Until she joined Excalibur. Did she suddenly become 18 when she joined Excalibur? She did get old in Excalibur, yeah. Yeah, she had that whole thing going on with uh, Peter Wisdom. Okay. But he left. uh, Then they made Colossus, like, actually deny her, and then he he had a different girlfriend and stuff. So, uh, Storm shows up at Dracula's castle. Dracula asks for help, and... He basically says, I had to summon you because I need your help with this stuff. And Storm agrees on two conditions. And one that no one get hurt, no one gets hurt and the X-Men aren't going to be involved. So Dracula agrees. She has to go steal a book that has a spell that's going to... Basically, the spell basically kills Dracula. Very specific spell, if you ask me. But. By the way, your shirt is super appropriate. For <laughs> He's wearing the Colossus shirt of him lifting a bunch of weights and it says Danger. So danger, room. Room. Oh, danger room. Oh, danger room. Yeah. I, I'm not looking at your dick, man. I don't don't lie. You were just too busy looking at my dick. You didn't see the words. I only saw room. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Dracula needs that book, but it's based on a... It's like in a church or something, so he can't get the book himself. He needs Storm to do it. So Storm breaks in there using her... You know, she's a, she used to be a thief. She breaks in there, but Kitty shows up and... Randomly shoots her with a crossbow. Peter's there, too, helping her. Like you do. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. well, and it hurts her because it's a crossbow. Yes. But that's nah, when you, <laughs> Kitty doesn't believe. But that's when you realize that Jewish Kit, something's up with Kitty because Peter's saying, like, well, Storm says something's going on with Kitty. That's not her. It's somebody wearing her face. Weird, like Leatherface just busted in there. But <laughs> it's, Colossus saying, like, I do what Kitty commands. So he's like a slave to Kitty, and Kitty is not Kitty. They're attacking Storm. Most people are asleep. Slave to the kid. <laughs> yeah. Nice. But I've never seen Storm that use her powers like That sounds like a Wimp like Biscuit this. song. <laughs> right? 
Jesus. That's too, now it turned even more cheesy. <laughs> uh, Storm straight froze Colossus like she was Iceman. Like in a block of ice instantly. Which have you like, guys... like, did she shoot a beam, or was the like the air around him freezing? Because she's no, I've seen a... her do that. But it was a... written by Chris Claremont, so you got a shitload of dialogue for what she actually did. Okay, it wasn't just a <laughs> beam. But yeah, I just never actually seen her freeze somebody in a block of ice. That that like small because it was right around his person, you know. Oh, um, well, all right. Well, he's got a big person, so it's really a, a big block of ice. But yeah, I see your point. Yeah. So Dr- Dracula or. After Storm gets beat, the or Storm got shot by Kitty, so she's bleeding everywhere, trying to get that book. But Kitty got the book first. But the guards show up, so Storm has to dip out of there. So Dracula takes her, heals her. She wakes up and tries to fight him. She gets her ass whooped by Dracula repeatedly in these two books. I just gotta say, <laughs> she jumps at him like five times and gets back smacked every single time. Are you talking about Storm? Storm, yeah. Well, is she bleeding out right now? No, she she gets healed. She woke up. Because Dracula saved her, she jumps off out of the building. Oh, I do feel like it, it. At least out of like Claremont stuff, from what I've read, is Storm tends to get her ass beat a lot. But it was just like, can you use some lightning, Storm? Every single time she tries to fight Dracula, she literally dives at him just for him to backhand her. Every yeah, single got, time, he's got lightning, man. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he absorbs lightning and shoots it's it at people. Not even apparently. worth being used. Yeah, she just power him up like uh, Tony Stark in the uh, Avengers. Like Bishop's gonna ch- charge him up. <laughs> Yeah, so they're at Dracula's castle. Kitty and Peter show up, but also the X-Men show up. So at this point, you realize there is something up with Kitty and Peter, because Peter, man, backhands are getting served. Peter backhand Wolverine. <laughs> it's a bitch slap score. It, it's like that, you see that video of the guy who is just bitch slapping everybody at a party. <laughs> oh, I fucking loved that video. Yeah. He slapped oh, all the kids. The, yeah, it was a parody of the slap, that show. Yeah, we should uh, yeah. we should just it's edit <laughs> like Colossus bitch slapping <laughs> everybody. It's like Wolverine bitch slap. Yeah, that was good. Slapped all the police officers too. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's a big fight, and they can't really take on Dracula, but Dracula ends up turning Wolverine. So then Wolverine's fighting him, and uh, Kitty starts using that book doing the enchantment, but Nightcrawler stops him, saying, "Because apparently Nightcrawler's familiar with vampires. Where, where's Nightcrawler from? Germany. Germany. Aren't vampires from Germany?" Well, Transylvania. We, yeah. Well, so, we were just saying not neo Nazis, so Nazis I could also see being vampiric. And, yeah, the only I mean Nazis yeah. were huge into the occult, and, like vampires and yeah. shit. So yeah, I mean the only vampire I've ever spoken to, he's German. The stars of David. He's a Christian. What are you talking about? How's he familiar with vampires? He's a Christian. He's German. A German Christian. Yeah. He lives over there. He doesn't like them. <laughs> he's familiar. He knows our right, bad well, thing. Okay, because when you say familiar, that implies that he's their buds. No, like he knows about right. vampires. He's like, he was only X Men. who was like, no, no, vampires are real. <laughs> he's like, yeah. He, I mean, also, he's, I, he's been to the Hell Dimension. I don't know if maybe he saw vampires oh, there or something. Maybe. Also, so, he looks like a blue devil. So, yeah, he believes. Yeah, they, they probably saw him and they're like. What's up, boy? <laughs> he's like, like, what the fuck? They like high five him and their hand burns and oh fuck. Yeah, so Kitty starts doing the uh, the chant or whatever, and Nightcrawler stops her because she he knows this chant. He was like, you're gonna lose your soul if you do this shit. So he's very familiar. They stop, but it turns out that that wasn't Kitty. It was vampire fucking vampire Dracula's daughter. 
Like, his name is Vampire. It might as well be. Yeah, pretty much. The only vampire in this book. <laughs> except for Rachel Van Helsing. All vampires Community Dracula. Dracula. He's like, I don't know what kind of Dracula I am. I just know I'm a sexy Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it turns out it was his daughter trying to kill him the whole time, and she couldn't get the book herself either because she was, you know, a vampire. Rachel Van Helsing ends up being released from his control because when he started doing that chant, or when Kitty started doing that chant, Nightcrawler runs up with the cross, which starts melting Dracula. So it released the hold on Rachel, and then Rachel ends up killing Dracula. So that released the hold on Wolverine. So everybody's cool, except for Kitty, which that girl just ends up releasing. I'm like, oh, thanks, my job's done, Dracula's dead, here's your Kitty back, we're all good. And it was really explained away, like, really shittily. It's like, well, I bit him, but only a little bit. So he'll be okay. Just a tiny bit. Yeah, like Colossus. So I, I, I bit him, but not too bad, so he'll be good. Dracula's dead now, so you're good, Storm. It's like, so everybody's good. And uh, that was it. It's like, really explained away. I mean, it's a one-shot, so yeah. everything had to be explained away. Yeah, a lot of one-shots, you gotta just wrap them up. You spend, like, half the story introducing everything, and then you're like, alright, we gotta wrap it up. Oh, Rachel Van Helsing, when she came back, she was still a vampire, though, because she got bit real good. Real good. <laughs> yeah. But her hold was just released. But she said, I don't want to live as a vampire, so kill me. So Wolverine did his trademark, I'm going to kill you while I hug you. Stabbed her in the chest. Which I made a point of yeah, before you that, that Wolverine up. is always just stabbing people he loves in the harshest <laughs> way possible. Or just casually is acquainted with, apparently. Yeah, because he didn't know her, but he, he was like, I, I don't know you like that, but you hold got me. boobs? <laughs> stabbed in the chest. Yeah, he literally asked, like, hold me. Stab. So That's his, like, go-to move. Always in the stomach, too. Like, I want you to bleed out, person I love. Or just met. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or person who definitely doesn't deserve this. Yeah, of course he volunteers always. Oh, you need to die? Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, except when it's Gene. He's like, Colossus, you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I already did it twice. It's your turn. Yeah, he's took enough for the team. Our, uh, do you just have the... Um, Fan story? Yeah, pretty much. All right, then. Uh, I got two things. I'll, right, solve, I'll go with, thing. with Carnage Mind Bomb. Nice. I'm going to do it like NPR. Oh, please do. <laughs> right. uh, so this starts with um, the Ravencroft Asylum. Uh, so at the Ravencroft Asylum, they have Carnage locked away, and uh, John Jameson's watching over Carnage uh, with... Um, What's the doctor? There's another doctor there. I don't remember her name right now, but I'll get to it. Uh, so there's a uh, a psychiatrist <laughs> doctor that comes up. Sorry, right. Carnage is never really locked away. It's only ever just biding time. Carnage. You should have used that for Dracula. That would have been better for Dracula. Really? Yeah, biting time. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. biting time. Yeah, I wasn't trying to make a pun. So. Uh, the, uh, there's this weird, uh, chubbly, balding doctor, uh, who's, like, real creepy. He's like, picture, um, not the doctor who puts together a monster, but the guy who throws the switch. Uh, he's basically <laughs> that. <Yeah. laughs> so, his name is Matthew Kurtz. Um, and his whole thing is he deals in, like, the most depraved cases. Uh, the government sends him in, and, like, he has such high clearance that he's not even allowed to tell John Jameson what his clearance is. He's just like, just know I outrank you. <laughs> all right? That's all you need to know. Yeah. So, Which is like the best line of any bullshitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, who the fuck are you? Someone who outranks you. Now move. <laughs> and then uh, the uh, the uh, lady doctor, her name's Dr. Kafka, 
she's the one who's actually assigned over Carnage, and she calls him for help. Uh, so Carnage is like breaking through glass, and uh, they're like uh, trying to get him. Like all the guards are trying to restrain him, and they get like pump him full of drugs so he's sedated. And uh, Doctor uh, Kurtz is looking at him through the monitor, and uh, you know he's talking about how he's there to cle- uh, treat Cletus Cassidy because obviously they can't get that shit done. Treatus Cletus. Treatus. <laughs> <laughs> that's all. That's a hard possession of words to say. Uh, so he uses a, he walks in and Carnage is like Carnage and he's like I'm gonna fuck you up boy and uh, he pulls out the Sonic pistol and just blasts Carnage and then uh, he goes over to um, the Carnage symbiote and stabs it full of uh, vitamin C and that's supposed to that severs the connection between uh, uh, or that that like sedates or no yeah that severs the connection between Cletus and the symbiote that's all it takes huh. What if they like really fucked it up? <laughs> and, well, like, that... <laughs> and it was just like, oh, you fucked up now. My immune system is amazing. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of where this goes. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but it severs the mental leak between uh, the Carnage symbiote and Cletus, and then he pumps Cletus full up of uh, these drugs that get him to talk. And um, so he's in there interviewing Cletus, and he he's asking him, and he's like, "Why do you kill?" And uh, Cletus Cassidy, uh, I got a line from here that I'm going to read that he says. Uh, it says, my name is Cletus Cassidy, and I kill people, and I love it. Uh, I know nine million ways to kill a body, and I love every single one of them. All doll day, every day, right up until I hit the hay. I think of bodies, burst bodies, uh, bodysuit right up the middle, and sh- uh, shared across the hundred nice little gardens. And when I sleep, I dream of ways to kill a body that ain't nobody thought of yet. That sounds like a Limp Bizkit first. Yeah, it, it started at first like it was some dude's introduction on like The Bachelor or some shit. It's like, my name's Cleese Cassidy, and talking about what he likes, oh, and then you he started what rapping. Uh, what is it? Uh, Fifth Wheel. That stupid, or Eliminate, the show where they're on like a bus? Yeah, something like that. Like a oh, WB next. fucking, or yeah, next, whatever the fuck they were. They were all like the same show. Yeah, uh, pretty much they all have that same introduction. Yeah. So uh, the doctor's sitting there, and he's thinking, like, it, it could Cletus really be that simple? Like, he's just born evil? Like, that's all there is to him? Like, because most killers have, like, psychological shit that they went through, and that's why they're evil. And he's like, it can't be that he just likes it. Um, so he asks him, he's like, why do you kill people? And he, Carnage just says, it's pretty. He's like, I like to do He's like, it's an art form. I like to kill him. Uh, and he says, like, I, I ain't inspired by the media. I inspire the media. He's like, if you look around, there's toys, comic books, uh, video games created about me. Like, the public loves me, and they want me out there killing people. Um, so uh, he asked him, uh, Dr. Kurtz asked Cletus how he sees the world. Uh, so Carnage, um, he gets the connection back. Cletus gets a connection back with the Carnage symbiote. And the Carnage symbiote jumps down Dr. Kurt's throat. And he's like, let me show you exactly how I see the world. So he shows him every single, like, if he just looks, uh, he'll see, like, a group of people standing there, like, normally. And the way that Carnage sees them is, like, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer and, like, a bunch of murderers and stuff. Uh-huh. And uh, then, like, just when he you see just people playing, he sees people murdering each other. Uh, so he... Um, the guards, like, burst in to try to rescue Kurtz while uh, Carnage is, like, shoving 
the symbiote down his throat. And uh, the dude just goes insane. After just, like, one minute of seeing how Cletus sees the world, he starts, like, killing the guards and eating them. Uh, so they just shoot the doctor, uh, lock up, they, like, drug up Carnage and lock him up away again. And uh, as they're locking him away, he says, you can't shoot chaos, and you can't... <laughs> uh, all right. <laughs> I I don't think I spelled this wrong. I think this is actually what it says, and I just forgot. It says, you can't shoot chaos, and you... All right. Oh, I see the problem. My autocorrect. Uh, so it's supposed to be, you can't shoot chaos, and you can't lock it up for long. My phone autocorrected it to lick. <laughs> so I was like, there's got to be something wrong you here. You can't lick up chaos for long. <laughs> I was like, that can't be right. He's got that tongue. But he says, you can't, uh, you can't shoot chaos, and you can't lock it up for long. And that's uh, how the book ends. You send up Lockjaw. Lockjaw? Yeah. Oh, uh-huh, Lockjaw. From Inhumans? No, just from licking too long. Oh, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> from James Bond? What? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess Lockjaw has a long tongue, too. Dude, so, yeah, that was uh, Carnage Mindbomb. Sounded good. Is that an older issue? Yeah, it, it's uh, the first solo Carnage book. Oh. It's pretty dope. Nice. Yeah, sounded good. What? Sounded good, man. <laughs> oh, like, you said sounded gay. I was like, what? Uh, yeah, and then that that book leads into Carnage, It's a Wonderful Life, which goes into his backstory and, like, how he killed his uh, his grandma. He, like, he pushed her down the stairs because uh, he hated her. PB&Js for nothing. <laughs> he pushed her down the stairs, and they, uh, the doctor in that book asked him, they're like, how did that make you feel, killing your grandmother? And he's like, it felt horrible. I had to wait four hours for my mom to come home and cook me dinner. <laughs> so that's it's it good on giving you like an insight of like how fucked up this dude really is. Yeah, but it's like, man, don't be a baby. You can kill somebody, but you can't make your own fucking dinner. I know, right? <laughs> Just get your shit together. And yeah. then also, his, uh, his second kill was he asked a girl out, and uh, she made fun of him, so he pushed her in front of a bus. Well, he's like, I'm not driving you home. <laughs> Take the bus. He's like ten. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so if you wanna, you wanna go into your yeah, I've got it right here. Your story. All right, so American Mutant Story. It's a fan fiction crossover of. Tony's not gonna add in the music. Of X Men and American Horror Story, because frankly like the dude who plays Quicksilver and who plays an American Horror Story are the same guy and I guess people just love that sort of shit so it's a real obvious reason why they cross them over was that the only stuff that you were finding was like a combination between that or were you also seeing like Supernatural and no this is the f- the primary thing I found that's yeah, crazy like real specific but just because that guy really uh, cause he's in all of them yeah but... like Quicksilver's in it's not like they were all yeah. Monster House, though. All those ones, weren't they? I don't know. I never followed American Horror Story. So, whatever. This was published in 2014. Oh, okay. By uh, Meyer. So whoever's Glanmire. Thanks. Yep. yep we'll be <laughs> reading your story aloud. We'll find out. And I hope it's not too bad and we don't have to make fun of you too much. <laughs> Or, or I, don't know, I don't know. Or maybe we maybe will. What <laughs> <laughs> <Okay>. is exposure? <laughs> so, Eric, Charles, Hank, Pietro, and Wanda have to move in together and act normal to evade the CIA. That's easier said than done, especially when they've moved into the murder house. 
and there's a ghost named Tate who looks just like Pietro floating around. I mean, there's like five dudes, one chick in this house, right? Professor Xavier didn't plan this. <laughs> Everybody knows I fill my Welcome house up to with American Mutant Story. <laughs> this is the first line by Xavier, by the way. There's been a spot of difficulty, admittedly. <laughs> Charles says, which, from what Hank can surmise, is an understatement. Xavier's school for gifted youngsters has abruptly closed its doors and the students are being sent home with no return date due to refurbishment. <laughs> refurbishment? Refurbishments, yes. So, they sent them into the Apple store? Like, what the... <laughs> no, no, no. The, the, the mansion, I guess, is being refurbished. And so that, like, everybody else, fucking peace. We're closing this bitch. Making it better. Jeez. Really, I just want you out of my house. Fucking freeloaders. <laughs> Tired of paying for your food. And like, I haven't even got laid by any of these. <laughs> Hank waits patiently. Charles says, Charles sighs. Okay, it's a dreadfully long story. I'll spare you Is the brunt a... of it. <laughs> but basically, Eric and I garnered some attention at the CIA. <laughs> and it seems best to keep a low profile for the immediate future. Sorry, I'm just thinking of like, <laughs> like he's just like, all right, all right, all right. Uh. So kind of the CIA noticed us. <laughs> <laughs> it's, he's, I'm, I'm going to tell you, it's a boring story. You don't even want to hear it. Uh, so, yeah, there's a pedophile ring after us. <laughs> uh, they found out. <laughs> and he was like, hang on. <laughs> Go back. I'm actually interested. In <laughs> Eric says nothing but just stares at Hank, daring him to ask more, for more details. Okay. Do it. Do it, bitch. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. You do it. <laughs> Ask me. Ask me, you fucking bitch. Hank analysis what Charles... Analyzes? I think that's what they meant. <laughs> Hank analysis what Charles said for a moment and then runs a hand through his fur. So basically, you broke into the CIA, didn't you? Come on. Didn't it's you? That's a kitty style now. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you, a vampire? <laughs> the guilty silence that ensues confirms that. Why, he asks. And Eric presses his lips together, which on anyone else would be a pout. Is this erotica? I don't know. <laughs> like a zoom <laughs> I always feel a little bit like it is when they start, you know, hyper detail. Like, uh, you haven't describing... read this one before, right? No, I haven't. All right, so it could be erotica. Yeah, we'll find out. All right. Five dicks, one chick, though. <laughs> yep. And I mean, the Ultimate Universe, they banged. The Bukake. With all of them? No, <laughs> no Pietro and uh, Wanda. Oh, yeah, she's going to have a baby shower. Well, she got her oh. old family there. <laughs> oh. What? Uh. It's so funny uh. to me. He's like, oh. All right, Hank tries again. Can't you just mind wipe them, Professor? Or at least make them believe you're not a threat to them? Yes, well, that was the original... Fail safe, Hank, but unfortunately they managed to obtain Eric's helmet in the struggle. <laughs> and now know exactly how to resist my mutation. Eric's pout grows even more obvious. Oh. Hank, <laughs> Hank knows Eric loves his helmet. <laughs> I'm just imagining, like. <laughs> like. <laughs> 
took like, my helmet. Like, <laughs> like Magneto and Charles just go into the offices of the CIA, just stroll in, they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> Looks like you guys were on lunch. <laughs> Not my helmet. <laughs> and then they just, like, grab it, and then they're just like, give me, no. And they just take it. It's like, what's And they're like, oh, man. You took my helmet. <laughs> I like the idea. If you know anything about Magneto, you shouldn't refer to him as pouting. <laughs> like, no, he took my helmet. Also, it's a fucking metal helmet. Just, you know, yeah. magnet that shit That back was to the you. point of why he made it like that. <laughs> They're not, <laughs> like, super villains. I mean, they are in the real world. But <laughs> they're he, he, they don't have powers. He can just uh, fuck off and grab his helmet Nope, back. they yanked it and wouldn't give it back. He used yeah. to kill Nazis. They were like the bigger kids who said they wanted to play catch, but really they just stole your basketball. Give me back my helmet. <laughs> yeah, or did you walk in and they're like, look at this guy with this stupid ass helmet. And he's like, he took his helmet and he he knocked it off his head. <laughs> throws it at him. They, they monkeyed in the middle with his helmet. <laughs> Let's leave, Charles. <laughs> Fuck these guys, Charles. Yeah. Bunch of dicks. He's like, he's ready, rolls guy. in there, ready to murder them all, and he's just like, they made fun of my helmet, man. Like, now they're all like wearing those helmets. You, like, guys are, <laughs> red. you guys are stupid. They just made them, like, red or whatever. Like, they just changed the color. It's like, fuck that purple. They're all like, wearing... I like the purple. <laughs> we're, we're spending way too much time on this one part. Purple helmet. <laughs> all purple helmet. <laughs> like a fucking dickhead. <laughs> Right, continue right. with the story. How many words are we into this so far? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Hank knows Eric loves his helmet. <laughs> so the plan is, we are going into hiding, Hank asks. Charles sighs. Yes, we'll have to take uh, Pietro and Wanda with us too, for their safety, as the CIA will otherwise undoubtedly use them as leverage over Eric. Hank doesn't know how effective using Eric's children would be on Eric. Magneto seemed like the kind of guy who would say, Fine, kill the hostages. (laughs) (laughs) Now you have no hold over me. I mean, they still have his helmet. I know. (laughs) Don't scratch it. Kill my kids, just give me my helmet. (laughs) You're gonna break it. Right. Well, I'll see you both when all this gets sorted out. He says offhandedly. No, Eric says. And he's smiling now. No, you're coming with us. For your safety. He emphasizes the last word and Hank suddenly feels cold. Despite his fur. <laughs> you really, you're good because that was my next question. Was like, the fur's not keeping him warm? He really thinks... He, he really thinks he'd be safer facing the wrath of the CIA than living in hiding with Charles, Eric, and the twins. But it doesn't seem like he has a choice. He never gets a choice in these things. I'll go pack, he manages, and leaves them to their plotting. Chapter two. <laughs> How many chapters is it? I don't remember. Oh, God. <laughs> I think like three. We'll have to stay in the house as much as possible. It's very Anne Frank-esque, Wanda says, then catches herself. Is that offensive, Dad? Yeah, <laughs> she just <laughs> Eric she looks just back at her. Holocaust survivor. Uh, that make you mad? <laughs> My bad. You okay back there, big guy? 
still is that about your helmet? (laughs) You, a Holocaust survivor, are you cool with just casual Holocaust jokes? He's like, I was trying to give you up anyway. (laughs) Eric looks back at her in the rearview mirror. I don't think so. That's what he says. Ejected from the car. (laughs) Okay, she says. Her hair is green today. And he's deciding whether he should comment on it. Okay. What, is she Polaris? Right? I don't know. (laughs) He's like, it's very anti-establishment, and she probably thinks it gives her an edge. Eric thinks people earn their edges. (laughs) And it's character that makes you strong or different, not the color of your hair. They spell color with a U. (laughs) So they're probably British. Yeah. (laughs) But teenagers are teenagers. Yeah, no. What are you going to do? <laughs> kids going to be kids. Sometimes they make loose Holocaust jokes. It's fine. <laughs> At least you didn't say anything about my helmet. That would have really stung. <laughs> not my helmet. <laughs> say what you will about my mom dying in Nazi Germany, but you do not bring up the helmet. Hank sits besides her. Besides Hank sits beside her, hunched, trying to make himself smaller to fit in the car. His blue... He's blue. <laughs> That's the sentence. He's blue. Like sad? Or are they being super literal? <laughs> right? I don't know. It's like... That's the sentence. Still. He didn't dye his hair green. He's still blue. <laughs> <laughs> he also... Hank sits beside died. her, hunched, trying to make himself smaller to fit in the car. He's blue. Pietro sits beside him with his gray hair. They're really emphasizing the color of these characters' hair. Yeah. And his hair's silver. Well... No, it's gray. It's I just a read it. Quicksilver. Shut your face. It's gray. Eric suddenly wonders why everyone has such strange hair. <laughs> <laughs> Aurora has white hair. Is this hair. a commercial for just for men? This is definitely the type of thing Magneto thinks about. <laughs> Aurora has white hair, and she's only a child. He glances up at the mirror. So she's younger than everybody. Apparently. At least he doesn't have purple hair or something. Pietro is annoyed because he wanted to run ahead and meet them there, but Charles had insisted on not flaunting their powers. Eric is driving. Your hair color. Yeah. Also, if you're big, blue, and furry, how are you not? Yeah. You're just flaunting it automatically. Yeah. Maybe if he put on some more clothes, the slut. Yeah. Eric is driving, and Charles is humming along to the radio. Hand, hand, hand. I'm assuming like Eric's that driving, rain right? drops. You said Eric's driving, right? Yeah. Because for a second I thought you said Charles, and I was like, "How does he? <laughs> no, Eric. How driving. does he work the pedals? No. Eric's oh, driving. Got... Charles is humming. Didn't you see Dark Phoenix? He's got the buttons and shit. Yeah. He drives without his feet. <laughs> yeah, I saw him walk in that movie. That's what you're yeah, asking. He doesn't. Yeah, anything. he did that without his feet too. Yeah, doesn't it? Jane, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. uh... Eric is driving, Charles is humming along to the radio. It's mildly pleasant, though Charles doesn't push his luck by outright singing along. Pietro does sing along, and that's hideous. Enough. More than feeling. <laughs> Can you it's his punishment Charles? on them for not letting him run ahead. Like Charles just singing along in the fucking car. <laughs> just belting out notes and stuff. Everyone else is all quiet. Well, what were they singing? Does it say what they were singing? No. <laughs> Carry up the, hum- <laughs> the humming cuts out all at once. Eric glances at him. 
When the canaries stopped singing in the mines, it was a sign of danger, and Eric fears this is no different. Everything all right, Charles? He asks casually. The humming cuts out. Oh, I read that one already. Uh, pull over, Eric, would you? Charles replies, rubbing his temples. We're here anyway, Eric says. And That's convenient. <laughs> right? And he wants to touch Charles' hand, just lightly. But there's people in the back, and anyway, that's not the kind oh, of here thing. Here we're going. Here we go. I'm editing. That's not the kind of thing Eric does. <laughs> well, Eric asks for a moment. Everyone else is totally quiet, waiting. The house, Charles says, frowning. The house is haunted. Really? <laughs> like he, he just, this he just pull up. He's like, ah, shit. This is definitely a haunted house. <laughs> definitely haunted. Fuck. I feel like everyone's in the back quite says quiet, waiting. Was Will so, online so to us? Starting? <laughs> Does the orgy start now or when we get inside? <laughs> Turns out this is a Fucking part of Wanda's Hickman like, run. what? <laughs> what about it? What now? <laughs> Beast is like, oh shit. <laughs> and you would know. <laughs> that's just the, that's the next line. And you would know. I don't know who said this. It's just in quotation marks. I'm reading the minds of several ghosts right now, Eric, and most of them are not happy campers. Ghosts? <laughs> ghosts. This dude just reads ghost minds. Can you do the voices? <laughs> <laughs> Haunted, Wanda says, a touch of excitement in her tone. Why did you get... Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just thought... You kept talking about a Bukaki scene. <laughs> and now it's like she's excited. I, didn't, I mentioned and I'm just it imagining once, like her being like, no, 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 no. It's ectoplasm. It's ectoplasm. <laughs> also her brother and her father. Ew. Ghost Bukaki is what she's going for. <laughs> well, her brother trying to explain it. That was good. Ah, man. So, with the story. Yeah, okay. Uh, Why did you get us a haunted house, Eric? Charles said sadly. It was an exceedingly low price and still lived up to your high standards, Eric said defensively. I'm dreadfully sorry for the inconvenience. (laughs) Charles... Lolls his head over and winks at him. I like the idea. <laughs> Nothing to be done for it now. Well, it's only temporary. I like the idea they're like, like we had the choice between a walk-in shower, but we had to have the murderers. So you had to have the walk-in shower. He's like rich as hell. He picked this like cheap haunted house. And, and, and I like, I, I love that it's just sort of like it was three. It was three hundred dollars a night on Airbnb. <laughs> and Xavier's just like, oh, Eric. <laughs> also, he can talk them down in price. Yeah, true. <laughs> He's a psychic. Yeah, it's weird that he had Magneto do the negotiating. <laughs> like he just—they would not budge on the price. Especially like, Magneto doesn't have his helmet anymore. They could have had a mind reader. They could have been just fucking with his head. Yeah, the whole time. So the words they, confusing to you now? No, no, I had to fucking find my spot, man. <laughs> Fuck keep, you. Keep your finger on there. <laughs> It's a screen, man. And it's actually a touchscreen, so be fucking it up. They pile out of the car, Charles making use of the ramp Eric installed just for him. The trudge up the drive, no, and trudge up the drive, Charles's wheelchair is motorized, so there's no need for Eric to place his hands on it, 
But he does anyway. Also, oh, he controls God. metal, so there's really no reason for him. <laughs> feels, the, feels the hum of the metal under his palms and feels something like contentment uh, course through him. They have something going on. Something, <laughs> something, it's like the third sentence that's been weird with them, too. Right? Out of three sentences. Someone's yeah. touched someone's penis here. <laughs> They've sword fought. It's called docking. It's beautiful, isn't it? <laughs> Charles is saying, when a vicious-looking elderly woman exits the house, frowning at them. I'm Constance, she says without preamble. Are you the new guys? No. <laughs> we just drove out to this nope. haunted ass house. Are you the new gays? Is what it says. Gays? It says gays. <laughs> Freudian slip. I read it as guys, and nope, it says gays. Are you the new gays? She asks. <laughs> Presumably rhetorically. <laughs> because she continues without pause the last pair we had here were bad enough and oh look you're a cripple too wow it just won't do this house suits a stronger breed of man you won't last here she waves a hand as if to shoo them away that is so offensive no, i'm so confused <laughs> It takes Rude. a stronger breed of gay to be here. You're yeah. not going to be able to you handle the ghost, boy. Here. I feel like she wanted to get, you know, manhandled by some strong men. She's like, nope, you're not you doing it. Gays? She's got this old dude. She's got a furry blue dude and a guy in a wheelchair. I guess Pietro, too. But. Hmm. Yeah, but he's real. But if, everyone, yeah, if any young. one of them looks gay, probably Pietro. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, nope. Her name is probably really Helga, Helga or some shit like that. Yeah, Constance is a weird one. I guess, is that a character from the show? Like, are they oh, crossing characters maybe, maybe now? This would probably help if we knew anything about, about American Horror right? Story. Yeah. Uh, so Eric's grip on the wheelchair is so tight, he can feel his hands melding the metal around him. But that's less to do with his brute strength and more to do with his power. And he doesn't speak. The others are hesitant around him, waiting for him to strangle her by her necklace or impale her on or whatever, but he doesn't. He just slowly drives his fingers deep into the handles of Xavier's chair. He's used to driving his fingers deep into something else with Xavier's. <laughs> to be fair, he can't feel it. Uh, Charles speaks eventually. Hello, he says, coolly. I'm Charles. This is my husband, Eric, and our ah. adopted children. <laughs> <laughs> they are the new gays. <laughs> we called it. <laughs> Just come right out and say it now. He must be projecting right now, Eric realizes, making Hank look normal, and the woman have surely comment or the woman would have surely commented on it. Constance frowns at Charles. If you're married, where are your rings? <laughs> I like that that's how she's catching them. <laughs> yeah, are you real gays? Gays, gays right now. <laughs> Suck his dick right now, right now. Show me you're gay. Show you the other man. He could just put that image in her mind. <laughs> yeah, but Pietro and Wanda, Dad. Oh. <laughs> Jesus. 
<laughs> I like that he could put that image in her mind, but he's like, well, Eric, looks like we have proof that we're gay. <laughs> he's probably like just fucking making the mind to do the thing. And it's like, not working today. <laughs> he's like projecting into his mind. He's like, Eric. Use your power of magnetism to unzip my pants. <laughs> She's got a blocker, Eric. I can't do it. Sorry, the ghosts. The ghosts are stopping my psychic abilities. <laughs> Looks like we just got to fuck right in front of her. It comes back right after they're done. Oh, my powers are back. We're good to go. Turns out we are the new games. <laughs> I mean, or at least you're gay. You suck my dick. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just an old man in a chair. I couldn't do anything. Else. I was defenseless. <laughs> Off me, you vagabond. I thought you were going to say something else. I know. Okay. <laughs> Continue with the, the story. <laughs> okay. If you're married, where are your rings? Charles blinks and looks helplessly at Eric. Charles is terrible at improvisation. <laughs> so Eric knows he got to pull down his pants. <laughs> Eric still remembers the fiasco now, at, at once the Pentagon. You, once you're done, I want you to look at him and say, Ooh, what a lovely tea party. <laughs> Charles is terrible at improvisation. Eric still remembers the fiasco at the Pentagon. So Eric steps forward and forces some sort of a smile onto his face. We were forced to pawn our rings off when I lost my job. That's what it was. I lost my job. Yeah, it's been difficult choosing new ones. And old, and old ones were just so precious to us. Talking about the rings, not jobs. It's yeah. weird there. He's found... How much of the story do we have left? <laughs> we'll find out. Because <laughs> we're running out of time. He's... <laughs> Come on, this is fun. <laughs> uh, he's fond Found? Oh, okay he's, he's found over the years that admitting to economic difficulty Usually shuts people up Charles glances back at him Did you just make a Lord of the Rings joke, Eric? Seriously? But Eric is staring the woman down Hoping she'll leave them be I didn't catch that Oh, me neither the old ones were just so precious to us. Precious. Rings. I guess. It was a stretch. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty general sentence. But all right. General sentence. <clears throat> yes. General sentence. Gen- general sentence. <laughs> Genital sentence. <laughs> all right. There's a lot of the story yeah. left, isn't there? Casa uh, smiles, then a smile as false as her nails. Apparently she got some whack-ass nails. <laughs> we'll go... We'll go in there, boys. But don't say I didn't warn you. Wanda squints at her and inconspicuously. Inconspicuously? Yeah, inconspicuously. Wiggles her fingers and Constance slightly trips. Like, and then steady like magically herself. or like she's in the hay like, video? Or like kind of like does the. The little rascals wave. The little rascals wave. So she trips lightly, then uh, steadies herself. Her hairdo has fallen offside, but no one says a word. Pietro sarcastically waves goodbye to her as she leaves, muttering to herself. Wanda, Eric chastises, and she smirks at him. I can't control it, she says. All innocence and his 
and he raises an eyebrow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, we're getting there. Are we? We're getting there. Because it seems like nothing's happened yet, and there's... You're getting... Oh, we know they're fucking. Yeah. Okay? That's important. <laughs> That's important. We still have to figure out who's the top, who's the bottom. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that. <laughs> well, it's like that old writing rule. Show, don't tell. Xavier, oh. <laughs> Xavier's like, lift me up, Eric, lift me. <laughs> You're getting better at it, Hank says, <laughs> appreciatively, and Wanda smiles at him. Eric gets a sudden, terrible thought. They're not flirting, are they? No, surely not. Hank wouldn't dare. <clears throat> Eric, Charles asks, and Eric releases, realizes between Constance and Hank, he somehow subconsciously twisted the spikes in Charles' wheels out of shape. And he straightens them. And levitates Charles in the chair over a small step on the threshold. That's how Charles is top. Just levitate him. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but still. Hey, he's a power bottom. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> he's inherently a power bottom. If he's the one moving Charles. Yeah. I think Charles is just more of a sex doll. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, chapter three. It doesn't take Pietro long to explore the house. Like a second. Less. It's creepy as fuck. But in a fascinating way. Alright. Tate? What have you done to your hair? A girl asks him, appearing. Okay, people don't just sneak up on Pietro. Ever. So he guesses she's one of the ghosts that the prof warned him about? She doesn't look too dead, though. No signs of zombification. Which is good. Nah, I'm Pietro, he says, flicking over beside her. Her eyes widen just a little. Like she's been, like she's seen a lot of shit, but can still be impressed. Pietro, she asks softly, how'd you do that? Mutation. Do you have ghost powers? I can disappear, I guess. That's really it. Violet, by the way. Hey, Violet, how'd you die? (laughs) This is the dialogue, bro. Uh, Killed myself. How ironic is that? Now I have to live forever. No, you don't. You're dead. (laughs) It's weird. Live forever. I'm, I'm going to point out real quick that uh, we've been reading the story for an hour. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm going as fast as I can here. So maybe we should just go to the ending. Do you not want to know I what don't. the sexual tension between Pietro and this fucking ghost chick is? I See, the thing is, I I might want to know about that. but That does suck, he says. Not you a hungry? Writer. Weird that he asks... If she's hungry, she's a ghost. Nah, she says, and he gets an apple and comes back. So who's Tate, he asks, munching into the apple, spinning it like his hand is a power drill? Twisting? Okay. He goes down to the core and then chucks it away. Tate's my ex. I guess you're his doppelganger. Cool, Pietro says, but I already have a twin. She's a girl, though. I guess an identical one could be useful. Chapter 4. No, I'm editing all this out from this point on. Wanda, Hank knocks at her door, feeling foolish. The door opens of its own accord, though when he gets inside... She's naked. He sees her making a swiping motion. Hiya, Hank, she says. She's wearing a casual dress. The gold Doc Martens. 
and, and the gold Doc Martens. So what? Your gold and Pietro's silver, huh? He asked, gesturing. She smiles. Well, Pietro's actually gone and called himself after Mer- But yeah, okay, that's weird. Because they said gray hair, and now it's saying silver. Guess you were right, and they're wrong. They don't know what they're talking about. So can we... Can we- I guess it's the original color scheme. <laughs> I'm gonna turn your you know my off. family. It's, it's not, not metallic. Anymore. It's no good. Hank smiles too. He can't think of a There's single thing to There's two more fucking say. chapters of this, isn't there? I have no idea. Hold on. Let me let me go down and check. Chapter five, chapter six, third, chapter seven. Holy shit! Chapter yeah, eight. we're done. <laughs> we're done. They lied about how many words are in this thing. No, actually, because the the chapters get really uh, short. We still have uh, Dead Souls, Dead Souls, and Damnation to cover. Uh, let me see. Do they fuck? That's what I want to know. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to figure out. Skim it. Pietro asked stupidly because blah blah blah. Uh, they're talking about hair dying still. A lot of hair. Stuff. Let's get drunk. Wanda said, bursting into Hank's room, flopping onto his bed. Okay, he says. This is chapter six, by the way. So everybody just fucks. Though it's a question, not a response. The way he says it, she smiles easily at him. Must take a lot of alcohol to have an effect on you. He shrugs, feeling embarrassed by her gaze on him. More than a normal person, I guess. I can handle my shit. (laughs) Pietro darts into the room, mumbling about doppelgangers, but Hank is watching Wanda pull a a liter of vodka from her bag with a grin and ignores him. Pietro can always run down and get us some more if we need it, she says casually, and Hank feels a jolt of almost fear. That's surely going to be enough between them. Pietro rustles up some orange juice from the kitchen, and the combination really isn't so bad. Well, we learned that orange juice can really fuck up carnage, so. It was orange juice. Well, it's it's vitamin, C. Vitamin, vitamin, vitamin C. He did it. He wasn't like, Sonny D! <laughs> His <laughs> list of weaknesses, like sound, <laughs> orange juice. Is, is this done yet? Are we done here? Oh, man. I don't know. Fucking, uh, she's also dead, Wanda says, not unkindly, so what? Violet shook to... <laughs> No, Biggie says your dad happens some have some vodka. She so the ghost is drinking vodka with him. That's crazy. Are you hallucinating crazy stuff? Learning driver, mining baby cart. Okay, this is really weird. Fancy of glass of wine. Eric Charles calls from the kitchen. Several glasses. Eric replies. It's been a long day. Charles rolls back in with a bottle and glass on his lap. Grin on his face. Eric lunges on the couch absent-mindedly, flicking through the TV channels. He doesn't watch this stuff. He has no idea. What constitutes as something acceptable, even enjoyable to watch with Charles? Because usually they're fucking. I'm assuming. Are you trying to prove a point to me right now? <laughs> I guess because there's like there's... Netflix and chilling, but they never watch the Netflix. I know, but I feel like I don't need to know where the story goes from here. Charles <laughs> is stop by the under Charles' arms and lifts him onto the couch. If this is Charles over rearranges two and a half hours, his legs so it. that he's on Eric's belly. You're oh, editing this whole thing. He I'm protests and Charles smiles at him. Oh, I'm sorry. I would move them, but... So we know they fuck now. Charles is on top, too. <laughs> Eric lightly hits Charles with the pillow. Oh, you. And then they both cough. This is erotica. I fucking called this at the beginning. Touch Dusty. Fucking erotica. Charles manages. Let's refrain from a pillow fight. (laughs) He opens the wine and pours them into the decant. Oh, each a decent (laughs) amount. Decant? Pours them into Wolverine's son? No. (laughs) If they had him there, I don't think they would mind. Oh, yeah. He'd be 
<laughs> right, what so, kind of telly do you like? Eric asks. Uh, Not a rom com. No, thank you. Charles hates medical dramas. A Holocaust documentary. <laughs> 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 now that he could do without. <laughs> now there's a man and woman kissing on screen. It looks like a dull affair. Eric turns off the telly. Did you pack the chessboard? He asks. Of course, Charles says. But I'm comfortable right here. Eric is too, though he shouldn't be. Not in this strange house, hiding instead of facing his enemies. But he is. Charles's legs are comforting weight on his stomach, and he idly traces patterns on Charles' <laughs> fingers. Jesus Christ! He won't be caught. <laughs> it's not like Charles can feel it after all. Oh my God! That's rape. He raped him. <laughs> raped his foot. So. I think we're... No, it's pretty much done. We found out they fucked. So that's all we needed. They they do fuck. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, who was that by again? Um, I don't know, some fucking screen name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Glanmire? Yeah. Follow Glanmire. Yeah, read their stuff. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. On yeah. net. Oh, good story. Yep. Entertaining. So, um, <laughs> we're gonna move on now. That was not that long, by the way. That Yeah, it was. No, it wasn't. I, I, I'm looking at the time. I know when we started. <laughs> we started that story at 4.08. Nah. <laughs> but anyway, moving on to Doctor Strange Damnation. That was um, a fun story. <laughs> Come on, that was a fun story. It was, it was it fun It went nowhere, first, yes. And then it got really, yeah. really bad. Yeah. Uh, you knew it would be. So this story picks up after Secret Empire. Um, He's really wanting to get into his thing. Yeah. Alright. Alright, you done? Uh, (laughs) So, uh, Vegas is fucking destroyed during Secret Empire. Of course. Because it has to be destroyed. Uh, Like, Falcon is giving... Fucking evil. Yes, so Falcon's giving this, like, uh, big speech about how, like, uh, those who died and were lost in the past, they're protected by... They're protecting the future, whatever. So, uh, Doctor Strange flies down, and he's like, I got this shit, don't you guys worry. And they're like, everything's destroyed, what do you mean you got it? Like, nothing's happening right now. So, he just resurrects everybody who died during Secret Empire. For the Grim! Yeah. And just raises them off from the dead. (laughs) Yeah, just brings everybody back to life. Uh, All the buildings that were destroyed, they're not destroyed anymore. Um, just looks you know, into the camera at Vo- Dr. Voodoo was like, pop that shit, son. In case you were wondering if anything from Secret Empire would have any effect on anything else, it doesn't. Uh, because it's just fixed right there. Yeah. Uh, and then Thor says, like, you know, magic always has a cost. He's like, well, no matter what the cost is, like, look what it bought. Like, everybody's back alive. That was a good line. Yeah, and, paid um, the cost to be the boss. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> so now uh, this boy... Uh, his mom's resurrected, he gets all excited and runs to her, and they're having a big family reunion, and then the fucking tower just comes from the ground, uh, and it ends up being, like, this giant-ass hell casino that Mephisto runs, uh, so everybody's like, strange, what the hell, what did you do? Uh, so he's like, I, I know I got this, guys, I'll figure out what this is about, he walks into the casino, and then, uh, Mephisto's there, and then, uh, so, um... Mephisto says that he was, like, forced here, that he didn't want to be there. Um, so he w- makes Strange, like, watch this, like, movie. He was like, oh, this is the uh, stuff that was going on. Uh, you brought everybody else back from hell, and, like, Vegas was a casino in hell now, and now you forced, like, part of hell to be here. Um, 
Which also is a lie, right? It was more like he did a thing that, like, broke the laws of, like, like cross-dimensional nature between, like, hell and earth. And he's like, well, if you're going to break rules, I'm going to break rules. It was kind of like a mixture of the both. Like, he, like, he forced him kind of out of that situation, but, like, Mephisto took, like, uh, Vegas and was like, Vegas is hell's now. So, like, Doctor Strange dragged it back, but it was still, like, a part of hell. Um, yeah, it just feels like a technicality. Like, he was like, well, you brought it back, yeah. and I made it mine, so you brought me up here. Pretty much, yeah. and, and how Mephisto is. But, like, uh, he's keeping all of the uh, the souls inside, like, because he shows Doctor Strange his, like, money vault, and there's all these dollar bills and stuff oh, in there, and they all have just, a soul on them. Should have just offered him a date with Amara. Yeah, he would <laughs> problem would have been solved. This was a new mutant's book; it would be over already. But I'm like, you know what? She's gonna put out this time, <laughs> and he'd be like, "If Dope. you just go back home, <laughs> <laughs> she likes you know she likes uh, people who run casinos." And he's like, "Sweet." <laughs> uh, well, only if they stay in hell. Ah, man. All right, you got me. All right. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, all right, fine. I'll go back. I'll go back. I want that magma hotness? <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's got all the souls like trapped inside the money, and. um Mephisto makes a grand thing of being like, like, hey, I'm not just taking over uh, everybody who's here. Every single soul that I have deserves to be here. And it shows this uh, this woman and uh, guy parking, and uh, he just parks and starts walking away. She's like, hey, shouldn't we pay for the meter? And he's like, fuck the meter. It doesn't matter what happens. And he bursts into flames. <laughs> and Mephisto's like, all right, maybe not everybody deserves to be here, but like... <laughs> he just jaywalked? Fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, like, you didn't pay for ten minutes at the meter? Dead. You're in hell now. Um, so, yeah, that's uh, when, like, the... the Mephisto says the whole thing about how uh, he can't let go of Vegas because, like, Beelzebub still gives him shit for uh, not getting Hitler. Isn't this Donny Cates? Yes, this is Donny Cates and Nick Spencer, yeah, which Donny is why Cates the dialogue is so amazing in this book. Um, yeah, so uh, Mephisto... Uh, starts turning uh, all the heroes and uh, like they start turning into ghost riders while they're arguing with each other and uh, so the book kind of ends there there's a little epilogue of like uh, Bats uh, visits Wong and he's like Wong's like we need to put together a team and the team's going to consist of uh, Blade, Moon Knight, Iron Fist uh, Elsa Bloodstone um, uh, Man Thing Ghost Rider and then Brother Voodoo He's sometimes Brother Voodoo and sometimes Doctor Voodoo. Yeah. They they literally, like, change it uh, in one line where they're like, oh, Brother Voodoo, like, you come here to help us. And then the next panel is, like, he says Doctor Voodoo. Yeah. So they change his name a lot. And then uh, this crosses over with uh, one of the issues of Doctor Strange is basically the same thing. It just shows him getting ready and, like, talking to bats. And uh, I don't know, like, if you don't listen, or if you don't read Doctor Strange, or, like, you don't know who Bats is, uh, Bats is this, like, awesome little basset hound uh, that Doctor Strange has when he's a veterinarian. Yeah. Uh, Shows up in Dead Souls. Yes. Uh, And then, you know, Bats uh, has a heart attack and dies. Loki brings him back as a ghost. And now he's, like, this awesome ghost dog speaking sidekick that Doctor Strange has. Uh, One of the, like, one of the most entertaining characters in the books. Uh, so, it shows Doctor Strange who, like, because Mephisto bets him that, um, he can beat him in this card game. If, uh, Strange wins, then Mephisto has to return to hell. 
And if uh, Mephisto wins, then uh, he gets Strange's soul. So, uh, he like, Mephisto starts talking shit about Doctor Strange, uh, saying, like, he's like, uh, your lady friends seem pretty sure of, uh, like, about you coming here, like, you going to hell. And he, like, that's when Doctor Strange says, uh, this moment right here, this is where things went south, so to speak, because this is where I got mad. And when I get mad, I begin to do things that are perhaps a bit out of character, which in this case meant that I had the advantage, because when my blood begins to boil, both metaphorically and on a few occasions literally, I begin to think on my feet, to do things that are unexpected. And that is how I beat the devil at his own game. They're playing blackjack, and at that moment he like lays the card down, and he gets 21. And... uh so Mephisto's like all pissed off, like Doctor Strange's like, yeah, I won, you guys gotta get out of here. And um, he gives that like whole speech and the card uh, the cards start speaking. And the card's like, he cheated, he cheated, I was in the middle of the deck and all of a sudden I arose to the top of the deck when you dealt to me and like that's how he won. And it shows Doctor Strange's like inner monologue again, he's like, also I cheated. <laughs> and uh, so then uh, they bring in like the Ghost Rider Thor and break his legs and start beating shit out of him. And uh, that's when it gets into Damnation Issue 2, where uh, that's that whole issue basically is Wong forming the team. Um, so he f- uh, forms a team of, uh, again, it's Blade, Moon Knight, Iron Fist, Elsa Bloodstone, Brother Voodoo, Man-Thing, and Ghost Rider. Uh, and Elsa Bloodstone is like, hey, why is this the team that was picked? Like, and, and <laughs> real quick, I almost forgot, uh, there's this awesome part where Wong goes to talk to Moon Knight. And he's like, we need somebody like you on our team. And he's like, no, I'm out. I'm not going to be on your team. And he, like, disappears. And right away, like, almost no time passes, Moon Knight comes back out dressed in his suit with the mask on. And he's like, but I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) That's, like, one of the greatest parts of that book. But uh, Elsa Bloodstone says, uh, no offense, but uh, no offense, you guys, but Mephisto has turned Vegas into a home turf and he took over the Avengers without even leaving his penthouse. Like, I'm not seeing what a bunch of monsters, a psychopath, a kung fu guy, and frankly a useless vampire slayer are going to do about that. And Blade is like, yo, fuck you. Like, useless vampire slayer. Like, she's like, I fight monsters all day long and I never see a vampire. And he's like, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm the reason that you don't see that. And uh, Moon Knight turns to Brother Voodoo and he's like, hey, who's the psychopath that she's talking about? <laughs> uh so, yeah, uh, they go out and they're fighting the whole Avengers team. And uh, all of a sudden, like, they're getting their ass beat. Uh, Thor throws her hammer, um, lands right on Blade and just sticks him there. And um, so they're getting their ass beat and a truck just lands on all the Avengers. And they're like, what the hell was that? Like, who would even help us out with that? And it shows the Scarlet Spider. And uh, they're, like, looking at him. Like, what are you doing here, dude? And you're like, I live here. Like, Nobody called me. I just kind of live here. So this is how this turned out. Uh, so that goes into issue three of Damnation, which um, Doctor Strange uh, is one of the Ghost Riders because uh, Mephisto has a soul, and he grabs Wong is like choking him out, and Bats possesses Doctor Strange and takes him over. Uh, and then they're looking at the hammer on Blade and trying to figure out like how are we going to get this hammer off a of Blade. Like, nobody can move it. Mm-hmm. And Moon Knight's like, 
guys, I'm going to try to pick it up. <laughs> and they're like, dude, shut up. You can't uh, pick it up. And he's like, hey, man, I have so many personalities in here. One of them's got to be worthy. Like, it, it has to happen. Like, i got to be able to pick it up. So they're like, whatever, dude. And everybody starts arguing amongst themselves. And uh, Moon Knight grabs the hammer. And he starts pulling on it. And they're like, it's not going to move, dude. And then, like, holy shit, it starts, like, picking up. And Moon Knight has the hammer, like, lifted about to his chest. And he's like, I'm doing it! I'm doing it! And the hammer flies out of his hand and uh, goes into Thor's hand. It was just her calling her hammer back the entire time. Uh, But uh, Blade grabs the hammer as it's flying, rides the hammer, and then fucking stabs uh, Thor. And then blows up the hammer. Well, like, an explosion comes off the hammer, but it doesn't break. Um. So their big uh, secret weapon was Johnny Blaze rides straight up the tower, uh, busts into where Mephisto was at, and uh, Mephisto's like, this is your big play, you're going to send Johnny Blaze after me? And he's like, yeah, let's do this. And he just gets rid of the Ghost Rider power and Spartan kicks him out of the tower. <laughs> uh, so he dies. Uh, and then that goes into uh, issue four, which um, the Avengers now all of a sudden, uh, it, like it seems like Mephisto won everything. Uh, but the Avengers that are taken over by Ghost Riders, they just switch and start attacking Mephisto. And he's like, what the hell's going on? And uh, while uh, Johnny Blaze was dead, he became King of Hell. And hell, time in Hell passes uh, faster than it does on Earth. So he had enough time to like go through all these trials and become King of Hell. And he takes over the Ghost Riders and has them beat the shit out of Mephisto. Um, and then Wong just kind of gets sent to Hell and talks to johnny blaze and he's like hey man like i haven't seen you in a while and he's like you died 15 minutes ago like you were just up on earth we just saw you he's like oh yeah you know how time works down here uh and he's like yeah strange is fighting him it's not really going well and he's like well i got the avenger souls here you want me to send one of them to strange you know maybe power him up a bit it's like no send them all so he gets like all of the powers from the different avengers at once and just starts beating the fuck out of mephisto uh, so they send Mephisto back to hell. Johnny Blaze tortures him for a hundred years, and then uh, they send him back uh, to the humans or like to the Avengers and shit, and they just lock him away in the tower. Uh, so yeah, that's how Johnny Blaze became the king of hell. Again, Spartan kicked out of a tower. Yep, that's all it takes, huh? Yep, and that this is Real one of the bags <laughs> to riches. Story. This is one of the most hilarious ways I've ever seen Moon Knight written was in this book. Yeah. Just him being completely oblivious to how crazy he is. What does he normally know? He's crazy. No, he knows he's crazy. Uh, it's just like certain writers write him different ways. They either he's the dude who cut your face off and is super dark and brooding, or he's the comic relief who's just some crazy dude. Yeah. So yeah, kind of uh, Deadpoolish. That can that has Sound a serious like side. Uh, yeah, Sometimes it just depends on who's writing him. He's vastly. Yeah. I think uh, when he's Mr. Knight, he's more... Serious. Like, no, he's more like Goofy when he's Mr. Really? Knight. And then when he's Moon Knight, he's like more Batman brooding. I don't know. Those ones you had me borrow, he seemed pretty serious the entire way through, even as Mr. Knight. Yeah, but most of the time where they ever write him as being funny, it's when he's Mr. Knight. Okay. But, yeah, I guess that uh, that leads us into Dead our Souls. last thing. Yep, New Mutants, Dead Souls. So, Dead Souls, uh, it's about Karma hiring uh, a bunch of X-Men who, for some reason, don't consider themselves X-Men anymore, because it's something that Magic says in there, they're not X-Men anymore, 
and that's unclear how that happens, but okay. Um, but she hires them, uh, creating a an iteration of the New Mutants that they are uh, work for her group, the Hitachi Corporation. They're supposed to be uh, protecting the Hitachi Corporation uh, as far as everyone on the team knows, but in actuality, they're hunting down um, Tran, who is uh, Shan's uh, karma. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the actual person, Shan. Uh, she had the soul of her dead brother, Tran, inside of her the entire time, uh, for a long time since he was killed. And he had escaped, and he has. Uh, she has magic going out hunting him, uh, and she assembles this team of basically, like, X-Men losers, um, just because they didn't have anything going on, and they were powerful, and she knew magic would need some backup, but none of them knew what they were doing. Uh, they were just going around to these sort of disaster zones, thinking they were there for, like, relief or yeah, to help putting people. out fires everywhere. Yeah, but in reality, they were looking for... Uh, Tran the entire time. So, uh, in the first issue, it's a six-issue series. Uh, written by Matthew Rosenberg. Yep, written by Matthew Rosenberg. It's fantastic. Um, they fight some zombies, is a thing that happens. Uh, it turns out to be completely unrelated to Tran, for the most part. Uh, it's just a, a hurricane has happened in this area uh, and this guy grave robbed a witch without realizing it was a witch. And she created a curse that made a bunch of zombies that started eating people. And Magic had to go into limbo and then bring her soul back so that she could repossess her own body and take her ring back. Because it was part of a ward that was actually warding her like evil magic away from the town people. Um, it was like a, which was a weird thing in that issue. Uh, because like why would you be an evil witch who also wanted to protect people from your own power. Was she protecting people? I thought she was yeah. protecting them from stealing her shit. No, no, no. Because he was able to steal her shit and that broke the protection spells and that sent her soul oh, to yeah. hell. Maybe it's like a monkey paw limbo. thing. Like, I guess. Like, oh, you'll be protected as long she as... She did bad things Wait, but wanted to be good, maybe? Maybe she was... I don't think she was... Wasn't she just a witch? Not an evil witch? Yeah, but why else would her soul go to limbo as soon as... Like, because magic says that the ring was part of a series of runes and stuff that the witch had created to protect that town or village from evil. But, like, it it was also keeping her own powers in, so when the ring was removed, it broke the seal and her uh, soul went to limbo. So that implied that she was evil, that she was stopping herself from going to limbo, but then that caused her to... Which caused her to overreact, you know, Magic's words, and create a bunch of zombies that were then eating people. So, I don't know. That one was weird. Yeah, I feel like the series was kind of okay until the third book. Then it started really picking up around the third or fourth book. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I agree. The first two were a little filler. I liked uh, the, the, the line, though, because at, at one point... Um, like, everyone's like, Magic, what are we even doing here? And she's just sort of ignoring them. Uh, by the way, I hate the art of Magic in this so much. Mainly the haircut. Really bad. Yeah. It bugs me a lot. Well, and we were discussing before uh, that she... Um, Looks like Yolandi from 
the, the ant word? Yeah, like Voldemort. Like, and kind of like that? Yep. Yeah. I don't know. It was really weird. Uh, <laughs> but she, uh, at one point, there's a horde of zombies coming toward them. And, you know, there's a camp of, you know, innocent refugee people, like survivors of the hurricane. And she's like, all right, this one time we're going to do the big superhero thing. And, you know, she magically suits them all up. And that moment was pretty cool. But then she, like, just ditches them. And uh, uh, Richter says something about, like, I guess we're going to Alamo this bitch or something like that. And uh, Boom Boom's like, we lost the Alamo. And he's like, I'm Mexican. (laughs) So I I like that (laughs) part. It was like, he didn't lose the Alamo. (laughs) Yeah, he won the Alamo. Uh, yeah, which, so that's our Mexican reference of the day for X-Men. Yeah, uh, it's the first time that we've referenced a Mexican X-Men who wasn't Gold Balls. Yeah. To be fair, we also just found out that Victor <laughs> was a Mexican. But, it, but Gold Balls is still my favorite. Uh, um, <laughs> I'd rather read him on the New Mutants. But I like that she would. I like. I like that about her character, though. That Magic was just doing shit. Like she wasn't waiting for anyone's approval or like trying to explain stuff. She just got shit done. Yeah. Uh, some good magic stuff in this series. Yeah. Yeah, she's pretty badass in these books. Uh, and then, so they do that. They she brings the witch's soul back. She, the witch repossesses her body. She puts down all the zombies, gets her ring back, and then just walks away. And then. Shan's all like, hey, what the fuck? It was a disaster, and you said it was a su- successful mission. And she was like, yeah, because it was. Their, and then their names, like the Shan and Chan, or Tran, Tran thing, yeah. uh, reminds me of the Doctor Who character, uh, Chan, though. Who, like, <laughs> has to end every sentence in Chan, though. Oh, yeah. They, they don't end every sentence in Chan or I know, but the Chan. it's the, tr- like, Chan, Tran, Shan... I guess. And then the last name rhymes too. It's like Tran Koi Man. Oh yeah, it is what it is, isn't it? Uh, in issue two, they fight a frost giant, which apparently is like a really strong frost giant, because they didn't seem to have nearly as much of a hard time in uh, War of the Realms. Wasn't this one bigger than usual too? Are they normally that big? Well, I don't know. It was a giant. so. But I thought they're giant. just called giants. They're not really giants. They are? Uh, but in the pre-giant, uh, the the other time that they fight frost giants, they have Cyclops and Havoc on their side, and that makes it a hell of a lot easier to fight frost giants than I would imagine. I when guess. Richter yeah. is on your team, yeah. yeah. But I'd imagine uh, Magic wouldn't have that hard of a time. Yeah. Well, they, ultimately they didn't because it was pretty cool how they <laughs> beat the frost giant. But they find out that there was actually an entire like ancient Norse war that was frozen over by ice. And that uh, someone was tr- like searching for relics there uh, that were magical, and had unleashed inadvertently a frost giant uh, that was just trying to kill them all. And there was a dope fight scene, of course, is that moment where uh, magic catches the axe yeah, and the fight really is pretty sweet. And then uh, magic just grabs Boom Boom and they pour it away and they pour it back and they're like covered in blue slime. And then suddenly the frost giant blows up and uh, uh, Boom Boom's like, wait a minute, were we inside that? And Madison like, yeah, th- that's exactly what happened. You just teleported inside of the frost giant you blew it up. So good job. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. Uh, issue three, 
they try to rescue a plane from crashing because Prodigy is on there and he's depowered. I didn't know he was depowered, by the way. I thought he was He's fine. just still smart. Yeah, but he, he had his powers during Second Coming, so I don't know where he would have lost his powers. No, didn't they say that in Second Coming? They said depowered, still smart? Or is that this book? That was this book. That? Oh, okay. Yeah. In Second Coming, he was with Beast and stuff, and that was way after House of M, so if he didn't yeah. get depowered from that... I uh, I liked in this, though, that, like, uh, it wasn't, like, uh, like some of the normal shit of, like, how he's like, oh, my God, this plane's going crazy. It was just, like, the pilot getting on and was like, oh, ladies and gentlemen, this is your pilot speaking. Uh, I'm going to crash into the ground, and all of you are going to die. And he was like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, you could say thanks to uh, Prodigy for that. Because fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Magic shows up. While they're having brunch. And she's like, fuck your brunch. Teleports them all on top of a plane. Because they were all talking shit about her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and they're like, what the fuck did you teleport us on a plane, not in the plane? And she's like, I found exact science. And <laughs> Rain's like, it's not a fucking science at all. <laughs> it's just it's magic. just mysticism. Could have magicked our way into the plane. Um, I like the good use of uh, cuss words in this book. Or bleeps. Yeah. Because they land on the plane and Rick was like, Magic, what the fuck? And they're yeah. all just hanging off the plane. <laughs> uh, anyway, they realize it's going pretty bad. They can't get into the cockpit because it's all sealed by magic and shit. And Magic realizes it's so crazy. Cause like yeah, magic it's not sealed can't... by magic. It's sealed by magic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, there are runes and what have yous stopping her from getting in with her normal power as it is. So she realizes she has to turn into a dark child in order to break through it. So she just decides she's going to teleport the rest of the team away. Yeah. Well, and something has, like, come over everybody on the plane, and it's driving them to fight. Everybody on that plane. Yeah. But uh, all the passengers are fighting, and then the whole team starts fighting with each other. Yeah. Uh, And the only ones who are, like, Ileana is just, like, like, it doesn't affect her at all. So it's kind of implied that whatever is making everybody fight has to do with their soul, and she's just fine because she don't have a soul. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the team is teleported outside on the ground, and they're like, wait, where the fuck's Richter? And then she turns, and Richter's right there. Is like, oh, thank you for getting rid of those guys. No, they never leave. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, how the fuck are you here? He's like, I just stepped out of your stupid portal thingy. It's like, no one ever do that? It's like, nah. No one's ever thought to do that. It's weird. Uh, and then she... Breaks through, sees a super demonic uh, pilot, and then kills it because it's Tran possessing the pilot. But it turns out to be uh, the actual pilot. Also, like he was just still alive, and she, so she just yeah. The pilot. He he jumps out of his body as she's stabbing, uh, stabbing him in the face, and just murders the pilot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then the plane crashes. And she teleports to safety, wasn't able to save Richter. So, issue four. Yeah. I, I do want to add in here uh, real quick um, that and at the end of all of these issues, there's a, a a couple pages dedicated to Warlock. Uh, and, like, he is, in this one, he's, like, getting the, the shit beat out of him by a group of teenagers. Yeah. Yeah, he was, like, some boogeyman in a house. I have that here, by the way. I was going to loop it all around. Tie it in when it mattered, but all right. But you didn't. Because I didn't get there yet. 
<laughs> All right. So then in issue four, it's all a funeral, which I kind of like because it, yeah. it goes into the way Ileana thinks, and it kind of explains a bit that, like, she felt like she was the team member that was there in a pinch. Yeah. Like, if, if there's an emergency, she's the one that would get them through it and out of it. And it kind of uh, speaks to why she just acts and just knows, like, the right thing to do because she always knows the right thing to do. And that she's so broken up that she wasn't able to do that with Richter. Yeah, and they, they show it, like, the plane's crashing and they think that Ileana and Richter both die in it. And Ileana, like, escapes at the last second by herself and is just, like, like clutching herself by the trees. Just, like, I couldn't save anybody. It was too fast. Like, I couldn't do anything. So they have this uh, this funeral and everyone's trying to comfort her. And Danny's trying to figure out what she was doing. And Ileana starts questioning why Danny's even there. And uh, realizes that it's all an illusion that it's not real because she knows something about why Danny shouldn't be there. And like now that none of this makes sense. So uh, she realizes that it's actually like some weird spell thing that Tran has cast it on her, that she's still in the plane and that, and Tran realized like learns what he needed so that he can accomplish his goal and decides he's going to leave and go to uh, Doctor Strange's manor. Um, so Ilyana steps out of that spell and realizes they can still save the plane and that Richter's still alive. And so she teleports the plane into limbo. And then nine days later, uh, the plane comes back out. One of the things that gets uh, brought up in this book like early on in the first issue is that she now, like, she takes a kitten and she puts the kitten through a portal into limbo and pulls it back up and it's a cat so that they could fend for itself because uh, strong guy was all like, hey, we can't leave this kitten. It's just a kitten and it can't fend for itself. Yeah, they, they say that time passes yeah. differently in limbo, so and, that's why like there's that nine-day jump. That's and that she, she can went, kind of control it. Yeah. Well, that's how she went from... It's not that she can control it. That was just boom, boom, being boom, boom. Like, whatever, she controls time. Well, they, they bring it up at, like that she just knew... Oh, yeah, because like, it's, it. it's sped up. That's how she went from 7 to 13. Yeah. It, Boom Boom does nothing in this book. Like, she just kind of sits on the couch and is, like, eating snacks. I thought that's that was literally fine. what she ends up doing. I thought yeah. that was a good book. She was just sitting there eating snacks. Like, I thought something fun was going to Well, she blows here. up the ice giant. Uh, the, the frost giant. Yeah. She's that was like, important. Comic relief. Didn't she show up late, too, to the first mission? That, you're thinking of uh, yeah. X-Force. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, so she like sleeps in the whole time. Yeah, so she hasn't been doing shit. That was bad characterization of Kitty too. I wanted to bring up because they've been doing that lately with her gold run and this. And she's like, "I'm better at you than ever- at everything." What she said to uh, Ileana. Yeah, you, you don't remember that part? No, I do. Oh, yeah. You you lose your place? Yeah. No. Uh, okay, so that that was four. Uh, five. They uh break into Doctor Strange's house, the Sanctum Sanctorum. Yeah, it's a funny ass name. Yeah, and uh, they're like, okay, so we're gonna get here. We're gonna find what Tran wants, or find Tran here, or you know something. 
like some vague idea of and it's still the team doesn't exactly know what they're doing so that's kind of shitty like you bring a team in and you're like all right look for things but don't touch anything and you don't know what you're looking for go so and then she runs into dr strange then it turns out of course it's not dr strange it's actually tran and he's all like i wouldn't have even gotten in here if it weren't for you because like the magic was too powerful but you know you used your soul sword to break in and that let me get in so now i could find what i want and he's got the team, like, he's fucking with them. Meanwhile, like, Rain and uh, Strong Guy, they're, like, they've been arguing this entire time because Strong Guy, when he didn't have a soul, killed Rain's son. Yeah. And so she's holding a grudge, which makes sense. Yeah, and uh, Richter goes in that room with the two snakes that are just fucking roasting him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that For part, being a gay hipster. Yeah, looking like it was Sam Winchester looking ass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, they attack him, <laughs> dude. That shit was so fucking funny. Uh, he's like, "You look like uh, what happens when you cross a gap with a whole food, or when a gap and a Whole Foods have sex." <laughs> he's like, "You guys look like uh, Justin Bieber pays you to hang out with him, so he, <laughs> so he look looks cool. cooler by comparison." <laughs> he's like, "Fuck you guys!" <laughs> like his feelings are really getting hurt. Yeah, he's really so upset. Which is funny because he gets introduced in those little like. Uh, like monologue boxes early on as like the smart ass snarky guy. Yeah. But he's just getting roasted on the entire run. Yeah. By everyone else, usually boom boom, but now two gay snakes. Well two <laughs> two homophobic snakes. Yeah. I was about to say, what about these snakes was gay? Because <laughs> <laughs> there were two guys. <laughs> that Charles and Megan. <laughs> yeah, that story's got you your mind thinking weird. Uh anyway. It, we're, we we'll have to post that picture where he like the one where he looks Really badly, like Sam Winchester. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> anyway, the snakes tell him about a thing that can help stop Tran, and so he shows up with this weird amulet thing, and it, it forces Tran into a body, and Tran's like, ha, that's exactly what I wanted, you dumbass. Yeah. <laughs> and then leaves. And they're like, ah, shit. <laughs> we gave him what he wanted. Like, it's his own body. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly what he wanted. Uh, so then, uh, issue six, uh, Karma turns out to be a dick, frankly. Yep. Uh, uh, so she's looking for Liliana. I can't find her anywhere. And she's asking everyone, like, where's fucking strong guy? And they're like, ah, he's on vacation. Really, he's stuck in limbo. Um, and she, she's, like, asking uh, Richter shit and fucking, uh, uh, fuck, what's his name? Sh- uh, Shatterstar is standing there. Naked in an apron, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like cooking or doing dishes or something, and she's like, "And tell Shatterstar to put clothes on." And he's just like, "No, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna do that." <laughs> so, like, her authority is just completely undermined by everyone around her. There was a funny moment where they were like, "If you like, fucking show some professionalism, you're not like Xavier's B Squad anymore." And then they were like, "You should have hired a better team." And she's like, "I tried." Like, you weren't my first pick. They're all busy. You had nothing going on in your lives. But then the people she named were, like, B-Squad. Kind of, but, I mean, better than these guys. Are they these not? guys are really, like, D-Squad, when you think about it. Besides Eliana, yeah. I forgot who she tried to pick, but I was like, those guys aren't any better. Cannonball. Oh, yeah, Cannonball. Pretty high up there. Yeah, like, Boom Boom, as much as I like Boom I think like she boom said boom, Roberto. She's, like, pretty useless. She's not useless. She was just written useless. Well, no, she doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> she never cares in anything. Oh, and the whole time they were in uh, uh, Doctor Strange's manor, 
she was just watching TV. Sanctum Sanctorum. Yep, yeah, got that, a name. The whole time she was there, uh, she was just watching TV, hanging out with uh, Bats. Yeah. Yeah. Bats is, yeah, you can't, I can't just blame her for that. Bats eating wings, because cool apparently uh, Doctor Strange has a fucking bowl of chicken wings. Not in covered in tinfoil or nothing, just in the fridge. Yep. Do, have you ever seen the inside of Doctor Strange's fridge? No, but I don't Are want to really, if that's how he treats it. If you've ever seen the inside of his fridge, you do not. The last thing you would worry about is uncovered chicken wings. There are usually tentacles coming out of his fridge. <laughs> I guess so. So, anyway, uh, Karma's like, like she finds Ilyana's like, you've been avoiding me. And she's like, nope, no, I haven't. I've just been sitting here doing this weird seance thing. And then she gets up, she's talking to her, and she's like, ah... Uh, there's some shit going on, isn't there? That's and serious. it's revealed that, like... So there's been, like, a... Like, Tony brought up a B story the entire run where this kid's getting picked on and he goes to this house because he has to prove that he's not a mutant. So he has to beat up... Well, he has to, pr- like, say that he's not a mutant to this guy who's supposed to eat mutants. And it turns out to be Warlock. And then he starts beating the shit out of Warlock with the other kids. And then Warlock fights back. And it turns out the kid is a mutant. And then he uses some weird brain blast that shatters Warlock. And it gets, like, the techno virus that Warlock is all over him. And so he, like, gets infected and goes home. And then his house blows up. But it's unclear. Like, you think that this is happening... Like, this is spread out through the first five books at the end as sort of an epilogue. And you think that it's happening at the same time. In reality, it all happened, uh, like, a few weeks before because they show Danny is at the ruins of the house and she touches what is the technovirus and then she becomes infected. So it explains why she's not the one who's searching for Tran because originally she was searching for Tran and then... Karma had to get Ilyana to help. So, they're trying to figure out, uh, well, uh, Ilyana brings, like, it turns out the seance she was doing was to summon Tran, but into a barrier, so now she can force Tran and Shan to talk. I told you, Shan. I said Shan. You said Chan. Shan. 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 Words but it's mean nothing. These words mean nothing. Yeah, Shan. But they're talking. She's all like, I need him because he's a part of my soul and I need to feel whole again. And she and Ilyana's like, no, he's already getting stronger. And while he was inside you, he was getting pretty strong and he was like corrupting you and you don't even realize it. And so with him even stronger now, it's really bad. You shouldn't do that. And then... Karma takes control of Ilyana and forces her to kill Tran so that she could reabsorb him into her. Uh, and then, of course, Ilyana's like, what the fuck do you do that for? And then she gets attacked by uh, a fake cannonball that yeah. is made by Warlock. Because Warlock is integrated into uh, Danny. Uh, Moonstar. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Spacing on. Oh, because it said Moonlock. Moonlock. The name name they gave. Warlock Moonstar. Um, 
and that it was self-replicating into the other, uh, the original New Mutants. And so then there's a fight that breaks out with the current New Mutants versus this new techno-organic New Mutants, and they start to slowly uh, turn each of them. And then uh, Magic sends Richter, Boom Boom, and Shatterstar away, which explains why they're where they are when Uncanny happens and Richter's with them, so he ends up in the whole house, uh, the age of X-Men, and then how the other two end up with X-Force, and they're not tied into the nonsense that's yeah. happening there yeah, that leads, leads into... Leads directly there. into the uh, the whole X-Force storyline, or the yeah. uh, X-Men storyline once uh, Cyclops takes over, which they're both written by Rosenberg, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. But that's why uh, O&E had captured the New Mutants. Yeah, because it turns out that Shan was always working with Owen and that Tran was in control because tr- it, like they call yeah. the general and he's like, "That's Tran." I have yeah. His motivations have blended into her personality yeah. to where that she thinks that they're his, they're her ideas and not his. Yeah, and so it, it ends with like at, there's a point where Magic brings a strong guy out of limbo. And he starts helping her fuck up the uh, warlock new mutants. And then he starts having a heart attack for some reason because he was spent years in limbo. Yeah, he looks a lot older when he comes out. Yeah. He's got an old beard, old man beard. Yeah. And so they're like, we can help him. And she's like, okay, well, if you say so. And they do help him, but really they turn him. And then he turns magic. And then magic turns Shan as sort of a fuck you. You're, you're part of this too now. Yeah, instead and, of calling herself friend, call herself enemy. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. How oh, Warlock always says friend. And it sets up why they're so shitty to her uh, at the beginning of, uh, well, the beginning of Scott being the main of Uncanny and Rosenberg's writing it. Because, like, it's, it seems odd at first why everyone's mad at Shan. And then it's pretty obvious. I thought they weren't mad enough, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, she's yeah. kind of a bitch. Well, also, because there's no resolution. Tran's still trapped yeah. in there, and, you know... maybe Yeah, maybe be... we'll explore it in the uh, the New Mutants book that's about to come out. Yeah, maybe. Or maybe not at all. Isn't Hickman writing it? Yeah. So isn't he doing his own thing? Yeah. Yeah. That's a possibility. It might be... Is it Hickman? It might be Brisson. It's Hickman for New Mutants and X-Men. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's where it ends. I thought it was good. I, I like the art, actually. Uh, Ileana's hair is kind of shitty, but yeah, the art's pretty good for most it's of It's like, she has bangs, but the bangs wrap all the way past her ears. Yeah, they go... And then she has no sideburns or anything. Further back, it's really weird, yeah. yeah. I feel like, I feel like all the, the settings were great for the art, but the people weren't very good. Yeah. And then there's one uh, really just bad image of her face in a panel. Yeah. <laughs> she straight up looks like Voldemort. There's some good, like the... The funeral had some good art because, like, she was crying. There was a lot of close-up face stuff, like good emotions. A lot yeah. of people can't draw emotions. So. Yeah, except Greg Land. <laughs> well, it's one emotion. He's yeah. got one emo- emotion: orgasm. Yeah, pure orgasm. <laughs> what other emotion do pure you need? Pure ecstasy. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, thank you for joining us on this uh, Halloween issue of Mex Men. I'm Tony. I'm Justin. I'm Devin. You have a good one. Spooky. Boo, cocky. <laughs> <laughs>